Hey Skyfarers and welcome to AferCast, the Caldron Overlords podcast. I'm Lee, the Arcanaut Admiral, and I'm joined by a couple of other great admirals today to talk to you all about Fire Slayers. Uh, so let's introduce those admirals. Uh, we have our newly promoted and birthday boy, uh, Duardin Max. Hello everyone, thank you. And happy birthday for yesterday. Oh. Yesterday. Yeah, thank you so much. So your birthday show, effectively. Yes, uh, so it's always a good good way to start the year with a birthday. And I didn't realize until a couple of days ago, but it's effectively the birthday of the new battle team as well. Yes, 8th of January was when both Zinch and K.O. were released. So that was a surprise. Yeah, I didn't expect it that early in January. <laughs> So uh, you share your birthday with Ko effectively. Yep, and Elvis Presley. And Elvis Presley. And apparently Peter Atkinson from Australia. Oh, okay. In the in oh, well, a couple. Wait, of years. there's two people that have the same birthday. That's crazy. Yeah. Ko actually has two birthdays. It's like the Queen. Because it has the initial <laughs> release and the second bit battle down. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and lastly but not least, we have joining us for his second time on the show, uh, Mr. Matthew Barker. Welcome, sir. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. Thank you for having me on. Glad I didn't uh, embarrass myself the first time enough to not come on a second. <laughs> no, no, you were very good, and we're glad to have you back. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, so, before we get into the main show, is there any news? Uh, yes, there's news that we will indeed get an FAQ this month. Confirmed. It yes. has been said in a community article for the 40k FAQ that Age of Sigma players will have to wait a little longer. But later this month, so the 31st of January will be the date. Who started that nasty, <laughs> dirty little rumor that there might not be an FAQ at all? Yeah, I was doubting. I was doubting if we mm -hmm. had one. No, but yeah. like they uh, put out like a sort of a calendar, what was it, like maybe two years ago, where they have, they, they say they committed to putting out an FAQ and an errata two weeks mm -hmm. after a battle tome, roughly, and then, or the General's Handbook, and then one in the winter and uh one in the summer probably to go along with the general's handbook so you know if they're gonna put if they're gonna sort of make that commitment i'm gonna i'm gonna trust the, them that they're not gonna you know fall back on that yeah i mean last year was different for obvious reasons so you never know and then i mean sure. what what does their info from two years care i mean you know gw they change mind every two months <laughs> I'm wondering if they really do look at tournament data or if they just base it off a lot of their in-house playtesters or maybe some of their external playtesters that they have working with them. I've always been wondering about the sort of percentage of the information they're taking in and making those decisions mm -hmm. on. Well, they have a huge Excel sheet where they type in stuff. So that tells you all you need to know about balancing at GW. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, an Excel sheet, come on. <laughs> I bet when, like, when they save that Excel sheet or they want to open it, it takes like half an hour because there's so me, much. Me and Alex that. were uh, discussing our just love affair with my <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I assume it's just some sort of formula they use for calculating points. 
but I mean, it can only go so, so far because it's not going to work on abilities, is it? Yeah, they tried. There was a, an article in, I think, November, White Dwarf, where they explained a bit what they do and how it works and how they try to balance it. And they're already going deeper into like synergies, but I think it's hard to. It's very hard to like cover all the possible things, all the different variations you can do. So, I mean, it's not an easy job, but I mean, uh, and you have to think, right? They have. You have to think they have what probably I don't know a couple dozen at, uh, in the generous sense of internal playtesters, and then a couple dozen external playtesters that they really trust the opinions of. But then when they release a battle tome or an FAQ or, or some update out to the masses, you suddenly just get millions of playtesters that are highly mm. critical and highly judgmental. And so mm. whenever there's a mistake or how could you not possibly see this combination, it's it's you have to give them a lot of uh, a lot of leeway because you know you suddenly have millions of players playing millions of games and the 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 the, the rate at which you can discover discrepancies or loopholes or or bad mm. synergies that they didn't intend is is pretty high. So I tend to really give them a lot of leeway. I know a lot of the internet doesn't but that's the internet. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not an easy job. Uh, I, what I wonder is if they if they listen or follow like social media. I mean, maybe not us, but the Honest Wargamer or Face Hammer, those groups who discuss the <laughs> evident problems with armies. Or yeah, you would have thought they would have discovered Warhammer Weekly by now. Yeah, but <laughs> they definitely do. I don't think they're mm -hmm. listening to the Honest Wargamer though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I, I know that they, they, they follow they follow uh, AOS Shorts, Dan Shorts, I think is his name. Of course. And well, they invited uh, Alex Cron to write an part of an article for the community site. So maybe they're looking. If you're watching, click like. <laughs> the other <laughs> thing is the, uh, those articles that they started doing the Meta Watch articles has been looking at tournament stats. Yeah, so I think they're they're catching up. They're improving. Yeah. So. Other news: uh, the Seraphon Warband is uh, got um, previewed for for pre-release, right? Yes, and it appears we have already seen the exciting models from that warband. <laughs> yes. The rest is just skinks and uh, old blood. How, don't they have, do, they have, do they have two priests in that? It, it seems to be a really good value in terms of uh, alternate models for well, AOS, like how Lee um, recommends people get the Thundrix Profiteers for the for the um, the chemist and the alternate uh, Sky Warden and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically the same. You get one priest. I'm not familiar. If you want to dive uh, deeper into it, I think uh, Caleb Hastings has done a show where he covered that. He's quite um, disappointed there is no Croxigore model, no new Croxigore sculpt in there. Mm. So basically, you get a Star Priest, which you already get in their Star Collecting, so you might already have two or three of those. But it's an alternative model, great. Um, and then you get three different posed skink models, so with a blowpipe, uh, a club, and a spear. Saurus Old Blood, which you can use as a unit leader, I guess, and uh, a Chameleon Skink, which is very pretty, but I doubt people will buy five of those boxes to make a five-man Chameleon unit. Did the new <laughs> Seraphon Blood Bowl team have a Croxagore sculpt? I can't remember if it came out with a Croxagore. <sighs> I love Blood Bowl. Um, I think it's I think I, other than, I, I, think I think it's one of Game Workshop's best games, so I just can't remember off the top of my head. I think I 
I'm not sure. But I guess because they all have like one big guy, one big monster, dude, like an ogre or a troll or something. So yeah, maybe you'll find find a, a Croxiker there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other news is there's a new Stormcast hero because that's what the game needs. It's more Stormcast. Yeah. yeah, he has a cool. He has a cool COVID. COVID haircut. Cut your cut your, <laughs> cut your own hair at home hairstyle yeah okay cool <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah it's a bit sad I'd, I'd prefer to have like something else i don't know some other faction and i know it's stormcast are there it's the same maybe. joke with primaris lieutenant right like yeah but at least they got an, a necron wizard guy mm. so okay give us a is there an easter egg in that yeah. model though he's ho- there's, he's uh, holding a uh, gorgon head or a... something from yeah. Easter something egg. He's 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 like a beast slayer, whatever. He has a, a hammer axe, dual weapon thingy, and he has a gorgon head. Or or what's a cyclop or it's an beast axe of hammer, thingy. not a hammer axe. Yeah, whatever. Stupid humans creating axe hammer things. <laughs> Okay. Um, Almost like cosplaying elves. <laughs> um, they, they teased um, the next warband as well, which. Well, a model that we've already seen the same cutout just from a different angle, which should yeah. debut in March, I think was their timeline. Yeah. So, March. Well, like they gave the silhouette, right? And then mm-hmm. in the silhouette, you saw the um, hilt and the guard of the sword that was in the rumor engine, which you also saw in the um, New Year's reveal video. Like it's like at this point, they're just trolling us. Like it's got to be a vampire at this point, right? Like SpongeBob uh, text, like all alt- like vampires, like everything is vampires. But this is. I, what's going to be so funny is everybody's waiting for a new vampire faction, and it's going to be like a new Silver Tower quest game where it's like vampires <laughs> and vampire hunters, and everybody's going to be like, ah! No, it's going to be like that war band, and we're going to discover that 50 of those room engines were like from one model, just all yeah. the different angles. <laughs> <laughs> and people, especially uh, Warhammer Weekly, will be so disappointed that it's not an entire army, it's just one war band, and it will have crap rules. Tom Tom would literally just explode on camera. Like. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been hoping for vampire pirates. I'm not sure if it's like vampire pirates or if it's vampire, or we get a first view of the Umbranef, the dark elf malarian faction. Maybe the hilt of the sword looks very elfy to me because the hand is very. It's like a very ladylike elf hand. You know, I noticed the pointed. I noticed the pointed ears as well. But I, you know, some vampire lore has pointed ears and some don't. But I, mm-hmm. I definitely that caught my eye specifically. So we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, exciting. Well, Dale's teasing us with new models. That's how the business works. Yeah, I mean they did it every day in December, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah, but that was <laughs> really honestly. So, um, no, I think that's pretty much all in the news here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Farmer's Hire, then? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're out there just in case. Or Caradron, right? But, like, yeah, Fire Size, too. Oh. <laughs> Allies. Uh, yes. Uh, so this is it's a, a new series 
hopefully, if it goes well. Let us know if you do like it. Uh, hit that like button and comment and stuff. Um, so we're trying out a new format, so we might change things up. But we're going to basically try and cover everything you need to know if you're going to come up against fireslayers and you don't know anything about them. Um, and from a countdown overall's perspective as well. Mm-hmm. So, but we haven't got time to go through literally their whole book because that would take forever. So we're sticking to the most important things. So I guess to start, we need to overview the question a little bit. Um, so the 30,000 foot view, right? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. So the what, what can you expect when you show up at the table? You know your opponent is Fired Slayers. What, what are you expecting? So Fire Slayers generally are known for strong melee units, debatably the strongest melee unit in the game, if buffed correctly. Uh, although they run around naked, uh, they have uh, very high armor saves. Um, and feel no pains. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and that's all achieved by, so it's not an inherent armor save. Uh, but it's all through buffs, and especially um, all those buffs work through prayers uh, or abilities. So it's not uh, like spells that you can stop with a navigator. Uh, our Fire Slayer list will often have a very high wound count uh, because all of their infantry models have at least two wounds. Um, so, like Thunderers, for example, they have a 32 millimeter base, the standard for troops, the three units that they have. So it's not <laughs> not many. Uh, they all have two wounds. Um, they, for an, as an order army, they have a high bravery. So bravery seven, bravery eight. For, for like uh, a, something that's not a demon or... Exactly. Not demon or death, they have yeah. a high bravery. Um, they have uh, access to Battleshock immunity. So, and because they have two wounds each, so um, it's hard to like battle shock them off. Uh, as I said, yeah, and their inherent will like resist losing losing models, so that even adds on top of that, right? Exactly, exactly. So then, as I said, uh, they use prayers rather than magic. Also, uh, their their faction endless spells are not spells, but invocations like horn. They're prayers, so you can't do much about them. Um, although they need to roll at the end of each round to see if the thing disappears or not. Uh, they're dwarfs, so slow. <laughs> uh, all the foot troops, uh, apart from the dragons, uh, have a four-inch base move. So, well, we know what that means. Uh, they are access to being faster, but it's... Uh... <laughs> oh! Look who woke up. Hey. Good morning. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, better Good morning. Late. How's things? <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, we're just going through like the the first what you see when you're facing a fire slayer. Um, right. They have no no access to flying, so all those reroll hits uh, of one from ships in Zilfin, for example, or the navigator ability uh, does not have a target. Doesn't work against Good. them. Uh, everything, as I said, depends on aura buffs, and those are all because uh, at the time uh, it's a rather new book. Everything is wholly within. All those buffs are wholly within, mostly wholly within 12 inch. 
So they all like all shove together. They're always in a big bubble, a big Death Star bubble. That's how they uh, appear in the wildlife. And yeah, I mean, depends on lists, but they can go quite low. I think three drops is what you see. Um, maybe two drops. Uh, one drop is not possible from my opinion. Yeah, it's possible. It's not viable. So, uh, but they can go up to seven, eight, nine drops. So uh, you can outdrop them if you run a two drop or a one drop, but they can also have like a, a free drop. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically like the over top view of a fire slayer army. Uh, you will struggle a bit because they all look the same. <laughs> Um, from a, from not only from 30,000 feet away, but like from two feet away. Uh, they're all naked. Uh, most people paint them with their glorious uh, old world orange hair, slayer, slayer hair. And uh, they have different weapon options. So just uh, don't be shy to ask your opponent. Uh, please point out who's the hero, who's the, which unit is what. Uh, so just know, yeah. And because everything's on the same size base, basically. Yeah. Also, the foot here is like inside the inside the, uh, a unit. It's hard to tell them apart. Yeah. Um, so I guess what all this adds up to is a melee army with good durability yeah. in a number of different ways. Uh, that's slow. Slow, <laughs> very tough, very hard hitting in combat. A lot of models. A lot of wounds, uh, hard to shift. Well, I smooth is slow, but they have ways of of yeah. moving into. Yes, uh, yes, they have, and we'll go into detail uh, on the specific abilities they have. It can be surprisingly speedy. Yeah, they will, they can. They will cross that Position, table, right? Okay, four inch space. Well, I think I'm not hearing Matthew now. He's cutting out. Of course, you? I knew this was going to happen. Ah, no, no, you're back. We can hear you again. Right. We just, so, so, sorry, about, yeah, sorry about that. What I was saying was basically, right, they only have a four-inch base move, but we'll get into this later where they have a double pile in. So even though they're deceptively slow, deceptively slow, where, um, you know, with that, that all of a sudden is an extra six-inch movement, but it's in the combat phase rather than the movement phase. And um, that can catch people off guard, especially a smart player that um, has very purposeful pylons and understands the core mechanics of the game where they'll be able to all of a sudden pile in around you and onto an objective or something like that where you thought you had blocked it off so um it really it lends itself to a very high level cerebral type of player yep definitely um so let's move on to the elite's abilities we'll start mm -hmm. with something that all fire slayers will have because obviously like most factions fire slayers have sub factions and you know yep. things that you can pick and choose like artifacts and battalions that you might not include um but if you come up against fire slayers they will always have um their herb or runes mm -hmm. um so the way these work uh, is, is, is kind of like a choice thing at the start of their hero phase they can choose which rune to activate and then they roll a dice, and if they roll a six, then it gets an enhanced effect. Um, but that's the only effect the roll has. That It's not like if you roll a one, they don't get it or something. They always get something. Mm. They might get a slightly better version. Um, so there's 
six different ones, which means in a five round game, there's one that's not going to be used. So um, they they can sort of pick and choose which ones to use, but they can't use one more than once. Exactly. And they don't have to use one. Maybe in a round where they say, oh, I'm going to sit out, I don't, I'm not going to use one. So it's an option. Uh, it's very interesting because they can choose, so and it, it will happen. The base effect will happen, so they can plan with this, which makes a very good allegiance ability, in my opinion. It's a nice thing. There's good buffs. Uh, it's board-wide. Every file slayer unit on the table will get this buff. Um, and yeah, they have a, a chance on a six to get an enhanced thing, which is great when it happens, but um, you don't plan with that. No, I mean, they're not going to plan to assume they're going to get it. And if you're playing against them, you can't assume they're going to get it either because it's like yep. a one in six chance. So on average, over the course of the game, they won't get any in theory. Yes, and this has happened to me, and I have had games where I had a six on each turn. So, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's Thanks, a best game. Nice. <laughs> uh, when it happens, it's great because that's then, well, it's a, it's a serious buff they get. Because it's every unit on the on the field. Okay. So the, obviously there's ones that are better, or you know, like you want to use more than others. Uh, maybe I think the one most preferred is the extra movement. So you have a chance to get a plus two inch move mm -hmm. on your move characteristic. Uh, so you can already plan to have a six inch move in one round. That's good to know. If you roll a six, you get a plus one, a plus two to charge as well. But as I said, uh, I wouldn't plan with that. Uh, other ones that are very favored uh, is uh, the one that gives you an extra rend on all melee weapons. And if you roll a six, and an, an additional rend. So you could face weapons like base unit with minus three rend. So that's that's great. Um, like for them, not for you, but for them. Uh, a standard one is reroll ones to hit, um, which is also great because it's both for missile and melee weapons. And if they roll a six on that one, they all get an extra attack, uh, which is also obviously for obvious reasons. The good. extra attack is only in melee though. Yes, exactly. Um, maybe the one less used, uh, or at least I use less is a plus one bravery. Uh, because they already have a seven or an eight uh, bravery plus ten being ten or more models in the unit and so on and so on. So maybe less used. Uh, the enhanced version would be to be battle shock immune, but they already have access to that or use a command point for inspiring presence. So maybe not the favorite choice. Uh, number one, which uh, I tend to use in in my five rounds, is uh, that wound rolls of a six. Uh, those attacks cause an extra damage. And the enhanced effect is that uh, immediately, like when you roll this, each enemy unit within three inches suffers a mortal wound on a two plus. So if you're all over the board, every unit is in combat. It's nice. It's an extra. It's an extra mortal wound. Uh, maybe <laughs> like I don't use this often. Is uh, each model, each unit in this army has a, a missile attack. But it's an eight inch throwing axe, hits on fives, wounds on fives. So it's a lot of dice that you roll and they usually don't do anything. Uh, but with this um, this rune, you get a plus one to hit for the throwing axes. And on a six, you also get plus one to wound. But yeah, I mean, throwing axes, 
barely do anything, although I have killed an Agash with a throwing axe once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the last, that wasn't the last wound he had. I just like everyone threw his axe and okay, dead. Nice. It's like an old school <laughs> Nintendo boss where you got to hit him like in this one random spot. Yeah. And he just went. Yeah. Boom. But the thing is, I had three heroes within. I said, I'll just roll these all together. So we don't know which hero actually killed Nagash. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. So the ones you'll see being used, obviously, is the extra move. So keep that in mind. Like they can move six instead of four. Extra rend, reroll ones to hit, and maybe that six is doing extra. Question for you. Is, uh... Sorry, you say that again, Max. Hey, Max. So... Yeah, sorry about that. Is there a typical order of operations that you like to that? Fire Slayers people will typically use um, these in a mm. uh, particular order. This it feels very reminiscent of the Nurgle uh, um, cycle of corruption. Cycle where yeah. you you can have sort of this oh. sort of uh, right Nurgle. You have very limited control. This you can pick and choose. So that would that seems to be very nice. But it, you know the the, the you know, the first round would be extra movement. The second one would be extra wounds. So it's similar here. But do you typically, or I'm sorry, do Fire Slayers players typically choose a particular order of? Mm. Uh, it de depends. Uh, depends what what kind of list they're playing. Uh, the first, um, your uh, first reaction would be to uh, use the extra move in the first round, here? just to get into combat because that's where you're good at. Although I've learned that often. You want the extra move in later turns when you're when you're running for objectives. Because it's, it's the same question as the Zilfin move, isn't it? It's like you can use it to cross the table early on, or you can save it for later when you really need to get onto those objectives. So um, maybe maybe a smarter move is because often Firesladder units they or armies they will say, "Well, come to me." And hit me, and then I'll hit you hard uh, back because we will see later they have abilities to strike before you. Oh, we're in the woods now. Yeah, it's just suddenly <laughs> just like just teleported. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, wow. I, I I did fly high up to uh, the up to my outstairs, so I have a little bit better connection. It was uh, a room spot to tunnel jeep. Great. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You <laughs> <laughs> left the garrison. <laughs> Okay, yeah, um, as I said, there's, um, mm, yeah, maybe the move one is move, uh, used earlier or late game. Um, the other ones, reroll ones to hit or extra rend is when they're like in combat with you and they say, okay, now I want to destroy you, I get the extra rend. But it's a very adaptable mm -hmm. uh, allegiance ability, which, which makes it great. I think that's uh, one of the, the better ones that GW has designed. The interesting thing about the reroll ones to hit is it's effectively at least one free command point in some ways. And mm. the more units they have in combat, the more the better. Yep. Um, and it's shooting and uh, yes, and melee. The so we, they, have, they have a good shooting unit. Uh, so, yeah. So I don't know if I, I I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I don't know if you guys um heard, basically heard my question before was you know this feels very very similar to the the Nurgle Allegiance ability, but mm -hmm. I didn't know if there's a particular order of operations that Fire Slayers typically uh, uh, 
typically use these in? Uh, yeah, as I as I uh, as I said, maybe you didn't hear to to your connection. As either the movement gets used first, just to get in combat, or people mm -hmm. use it late game to run onto objectives. Like when the right. fight's over, now I just want to get to onto onto on your objective or the other ones. Um, hits and rend are then often used round two, round three, because that's when you're in combat. The throwing axes gets barely used or like last round i want to kill something off that objective like i need just to have more models okay let's just get yeah. extra wounds from throwing axes um and the bravery gets barely used rarely in my, used, in my yeah. opinion all right cool yeah. thanks there's three of them that are basically combat buffs aren't they they just do it in slightly different ways uh yeah uh i can imagine throwing axes being Potentially useful if someone tries to tag a unit of fire size, um, or if they're in combat, they've, they've nearly killed something and not quite, like you get left with your know, 20 half guard berserkers stuck on in combat with you know a, a unit of one wound left. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if they've got 20, then they've got lots of threat. Like, if you really want to yeah. <laughs> get out half guard of berserkers, don't get stuck in combat, they just no delete. <laughs> No, uh, my point is that you could like it's one of those opportunistic things that you could use maybe to get out of combat before charging. Um, yeah, or they, or they they use it to. Um, but as it, it, it's often it's like a desperate thing. Okay, I want to get out of like get out of combat to then move on to an objective or so. Yeah. Uh, then they'll use that one, but. I mean, the plus one to hit for throwing axes, so it's fours and fives. It's not going to kill anything. No, they don't have any rend, do they? Yeah, no. No, throwing axes so are they're under eight inches, so it's just. It's a good chance they'll just bounce off your Arcanauts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very. The, like the throwing yeah. axes will bounce off most things. Yeah, from like, a, from, from a, a unit of ten or a unit of twenty, you'll get maybe one wound if you're lucky. Yeah. From a KO perspective, they're not going to be any worry for us to throw our axes. No, no, no. With four plus or better saves, no. Uh, would you agree from a KO perspective that, generally speaking, all of the uh, the melee ones are kind of neither here nor there because if you're in melee with fire size, it's a bad problem anyway. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, if they start using the extra room, rend is, the bad problem's got a little bit worse, but it's it was bad anyway. So. The extra rend hurts because it affects both your save rolls if you're gonna use a gold mm -hmm. to reroll it. So mm -hmm. both rolls are on a six instead of a four. Um and the unmodified wound rolls doing extra damage, I mean that's has the same effect. So okay, you save one, but the other one goes through, but then does double damage, so you haven't won anything. So it's the same it's I think if you're in combat with fire really you're that. already you're already in a bad place. Yeah. Because that's where they shine. They are one of the better melee armies in the game. I yeah. think they're probably the one we need to watch out for most is the plus two move. That that catches uh, people off guard because they obviously you place your models. Okay, I'm your threat range, four inch move, twelve inch charge. Okay, uh, I'm gonna sit here, you know, sixteen inches away, and they say, well, I can plus two move. And then extra charge and so on, and um, then you're in in combat. Uh, I, I think a couple of the oh, sorry. 
I, I was gonna say, imagine if you you're playing Monar and you you've positioned your your ship just far enough away based on the four inch move and that um and then that they won't be able to charge you and then they they pull out that extra two inch move and then it's like well okay now they've gone from needing like yeah if you're not familiar with that that can cut you off guard because i was just gonna say a couple of these a couple of these enhanced effects would really really messed you up if they if you were banking on them not rolling a six I think the extra uh, mortal wound damage um, is something uh, that Caradron don't have a lot of mortal wound protection generally, except for basically the escort vessel rule. Um, but then, yeah, even from a Mornar uh, perspective, the plus two move is something you can account for, but the plus two charge completely circumventing the Gale Force staff is something, mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the questions I always ask my opponents, who can run in charge? How can you run in charge? And who has plus charge rolls? So, if you're banking on them not rolling a six and then they do, which my opponent would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, plan for the worst and expect uh, hope for the best. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think we covered them a fair bit. The sub factions we're going to cover a bit later um, because they have a, a very large impact on the lists. Um, yes. Is this the. Only allegiance ability, Max, or is it just that this is the only one? Uh, it's this, and the other one is that you can have a, choose one of four sub-factions. Uh, so this is still a, a book that lets you choose. Mm -hmm. You can, but you can go without. Uh, they're called lodges uh, in Fire Slayers. They're lodges, the sub-factions. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can choose. You don't have to. Uh, I've rarely seen a tournament army without a lodge or like a homebrew version although they have good command traits and good artifacts the abilities that the sub factions give you are just so strong yeah precisely uh, and they've got some things like prayers and obviously you mentioned artifacts we're not going to go into detail on all of them because no well we'll cover like the main the the ones you either see a lot of times because they're so good uh or which can have a big impact on on ko yeah, there's one in one specific artifact that we pulled out. We're going to look at in a minute. Mm. Um, all right. Uh, but let's. Uh, all all these lodges, they they make you take one artifact, and it, there's no way to circumvent it because it's not like a, a specific hero, but it's just the first hero. Mm. At least I think yeah. the two, at least the two ones that are most common have that. Yes. Not sure about the the so, other two. Just... Some of the, the highlights of the faction, the things you're most likely to see, uh, mm -hmm. probably not a surprise, some of the things we've got listed here for most people, even if you haven't played against Farsighters, you would have heard of Half-Guard Berserkers, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Auric Half-Guard is uh, their only shooting unit. Uh, well, long-range shooting unit, because they all have the throwing axes, but one mm -hmm. that actually has shooting that can do something. Yeah, but that's not the main reason people take them. No. Um, uh, Battlesmiths, uh, Rune Smiters are probably the most important heroes. Um, the Runic Firewall, which is one of their magmic invocations, uh, which is an endless spell, but not an endless spell. Mm -hmm. um, because it's a prayer. It's, spell. it's like a corn prayer. Um, Judgment. Judgment. Not a prayer, because... But they have yeah. to pray for it, so yes. Um, they have to pray for a judgment. 
which you're usually not praying for. You don't want to be judged. <laughs> oh, they want a judgment in their favor. Lord of Lords, which is a battalion. And yes. then that gets used lodges. a lot. Yeah, yeah. two lodges, Hermdar and Vostag. So, so those are the I think, most used. Yeah, so I, I think Hermdar was the most used sub faction in the last CanCon after mm -hmm. Petrofex. <laughs> so. <laughs> Home does. Home does. Under the it is. We will see why it is so strong. Although now with the bit shifting meta, people might lean more towards Vostark or Lofnir, which is the old old Magma Drop one. But I still rate Vostark better than than Lofnir. Yeah. So I that's mean, why we just we're doing this pre FAQ. So you never know. Magma Drops might all go down fifty points. Or well, they went down ten points. points in the last FAQ in summer. Yeah. So, maybe, but yeah, Magradrofs have those are the, the dragon ones, uh, the dragon animals. They have the monsters. Yeah, they have other problems. So, we're not going to go too much into detail with them. Well, they don't so have they're... a four up after save. So, you know, <laughs> they, they can have a six up, but that's it. So, is this because these are the things we're going to go into in detail in, in a minute? Are there some honourable mentions that we haven't picked to go into detail? Uh, Volkites, do you think? The, the hard, hard light is that the way? Best just base base battling. Yeah, they do. They uh, do have four plus after save, though, don't they? No, no, they don't. They used to have a beard save in the old book. When you took the more you took, the better the save got. Uh, so if you, that's where people were running like three units of thirty. Uh, but they changed it completely. They gave that ability to Hearthguard, and uh, Volkites are just your. They've lost that now, okay. You, you use Volkites when you need Battleline in your list, basically, mm. I'd say. They're not bad. Uh, Matthew, you're muted. Sorry, I was going to say, Volkite, Volkites became Hearthguard. Uh, Volkites used to be her. Oh, God, I said it perfectly the first time. It's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! No, but uh, uh, Volkites used to be Hearthguard until Hearthguard became Volkites. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they lost their four plus save that they used to have then uh, after saying um, hair save is what a lot of people call it. Yeah. Or beard save. Yeah. Beard save. Yeah, that's what I always heard. They still have uh, the sling thing, shield things. What? What do you call them? Sling. Yeah, Captain they have America a shield sling shield. If you equip them with a shield to Volkites, uh, when they charge, they have to throw the shield. It's not an option. That annoys me a lot of the times because it means that in that combat round, they don't get the plus one save because they just threw the shields away. Then uh, magically, in the next round, they have the shields back. They pick them up off the dead bodies. <laughs> but then it's... Yeah. I mean, you for each model within eight inches of the enemy unit so even if you don't get everyone into combat the whole unit can throw their the shield on a six and they do a mortal wound so yeah you get two or three mortal wounds not yeah. the, the shields are something you might want to be aware of because they can do more wounds and we don't really yeah. have protection against them but it's not many mortal wounds no, so. it's few and far between but uh, um, personally i'm i'm annoyed that they have to do that because I'd rather have the extra save. So Fire Slayer see it more of as, as a inconvenience than a than a bonus. 
I, I see it as an inconvenience. <clears throat> I'm not sure how other Fire Slayer players see it. <laughs> and then if you end up doing some casualties, you could get yourself out of charge range? Is that how that mechanic would work? Yeah, because you've already charged. Uh, you'd stop no, you, you do it at the end of the charge phase. Or when, oh, you okay. charge, when the unit charged, then you throw your shields. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, that could happen. People could remove models and then you're out of combat and you can pile in three inches, but maybe not get as much models into combat as you would wanted to. Right, right. Uh, Volkais have a, are the only unit that get a plus two charge. They have a Horn of Grimnir, a musician, so they get a plus one, uh, which uh, Hearthguard and Oryx do not get. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of becoming a bit of a standard now for just general rules writing is if there's a musician then they normally it depends get... oh, some get plus to run some get plus to to charge it depends a bit on the, yeah. on, the on the unit uh, seraphon usually get reroll charges with their musicians yeah you don't yeah. get plus two right yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, like Cities of Sigma, even in there where they standardized it a lot, there's even some where they get uh, plus one to run and charge, and then others it's just plus one to charge. Or, but, yeah, uh, others get plus one to run and charge. Uh, others just get plus to charge, but not to yeah. for running, so it depends. But that's often like the musician and the standard beer, those two rules. Yeah, it's um, Germany uh, a good thing to look out for, though, is if you don't know what a unit does, if you see a musician, then they've probably got some sort of movement buff. Yes. Of some sort. Yep. Um, so let's look at one of these in detail. I think it's Hearthguard that we've got. Yeah. Those are the... When they remade the book, <clears throat> these were the bad boys of the realms. Then Flamers of Zinch came out and no one spoke <laughs> about Hearthguard anymore. Um, but yes, there's these are your hard hitters. If you're if playing look at... against a competitive Fire Slayers army, you're going to see some Hearthguard Berserkers, whether it's a complete list based around spamming this unit, or if it's just one unit, you're you're going to see some Hearthguard Berserkers for sure. Mostly you'll see at least one because that's also a good um battalion that they are needed in so if we look at the base stats i mean two wounds we said that four inch move five plus safe doesn't look scary eight bravery which is high uh, standard eight but uh what is important to notice here is the ability duty onto death so they have a um they have a six plus feel no pain if there's a hero and we will see later fire slayer armies do have a lot of foot heroes within 10 so not wholly within or anything it just needs to be within 10 of one model from the unit that six plus turns into a four plus field pain or damage prevention rule um so already two wounds and then on top of that they get a four plus uh wound truck or wound ignore that's strong by itself and then there's abilities and uh prayers and so on too improve their save. So it's an easy thing to get them on a 3-plus save and then a 4-plus yeah. um, duty onto death roll. So yeah. you're always going to want you're always going to see this unit with a hero in tow, basically. Yeah, there's always some hero babysitting Fire Slayer units. 
And that's where the inherent toughness comes in. When you have a three-up armor save, which is already really good on itself, but then you have the damage prevention roll just straight up cutting any incoming damage by half. And then on top of that, having two wounds. So any the number of models that you kill is also effectively cut in half. It's I think I've done the math to to do something like even a hundred attacks at four up four up no rend one damage would only kill a couple of Hearthguard Berserkers because they have they they cut the damage by two thirds and then a half and then the number of models removed is cut in half. So just insane toughness when all the synergies line up. Mm-hmm. So how big a rent, unit? Uh, how how big a unit are these? Uh, so these used to be thirty man blocks, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's just one big Death Star. But I personally, I found it's very hard to get them all into combat anyway. So I used to run two blocks of fifteen, and then in the Winter FAQ uh, last year, so the year before last. Yeah. Um, they said no. Uh, we'll cap them at twenty, which I said, well, fantastic. Because but. you get the last, you get the last five mm-hmm. for almost free for like forty points. You get five of them, um, oh. and uh, you get the uh, yeah, get the horde discount at twenty, That's which makes right it there. better. It makes yeah. it, they actually it was an improvement for them. In, in my so opinion. you're usually going to see them in squads of twenty with forty wounds. Twenty or like one one unit of ten if they like they run out of points mm-hmm. for the list. If you but if you get a nice player. I've heard some Fireside players say that they will take them in 15 because they think if you take them in 20, you're being a bit of a, a douche. Um, maybe they don't think... Maybe that was more of a thing. Well, maybe that's about. like friendly club games. But yeah. The, the, headline, the headline was, though, for a modest points investment, you could get 40 Hearthguard Berserkers for a little bit more than what it used to cost for 30. So... You know, that FAQ, sure, it made you not take units of 30 anymore, but you ended yeah. up with more Hearthguard Berserkers on the table. Units of 30 were just unkillable. Uh, well, yeah, so exactly. Because they were never run from Battleshock, because already they get a plus two to the bravery, the bravery. plus other things, plus Battleshock immunity anyway. And yeah. It was a question from the chat. was very unwieldy, though. Um, is it better to just try and ignore the 20 half-guard berserkers or at the very least try and take out the heroes first? Um, I think so, probably, yes. you do want to take the heroes out first. Unfortunately, that's probably not as easy as it first seems. Which would Yeah, we'll go into detail where you want to take away their... Because half-guard berserkers without heroes uh, in the next round when all those buffs go away, then there's a, there are 5 plus, 6 plus, And that's yeah. so much easier to kill. Although... Often, maybe the best tactic is to ignore them if you can. And the Fire Slayer player will make it that you cannot ignore them because <laughs> either they're sit in the middle of the board on the juicy objectives, or they're like in your face. Although with with Caradon, because we have the ability to just shift the entire army somewhere else, we have a better chance at outrunning them. So maybe the smarter move for them is just to sit on your objectives and wait for you. Because they can take the shooting. You can bombard them. They'll sit there for two, three rounds scoring. But typically, to address the chat's question directly, like there is almost no reason from a KO perspective to put your shots into the unit of Hearthguard Berserkers before you've removed the hero because effectively all or most of your damage is going to be completely shrugged off. So yes. you're just you're, you're, putting, you're putting your offense into something that's just completely... 
um, not worthwhile. Whereas even if the heroes have abilities to shrug damage off, as we'll find out later, you're, the any wounds that do go through to the heroes are going to have sort of a compounding effect on your ability to remove the hearth cards. Yeah, and the uh, the other problem is um, our best shots or most damaging shots are mostly twelve inch reach. Oh boy! Um, with a four inch move, possibly six inch, like <laughs> you're losing units because then they're gonna get at you. They're gonna What's... survive. They have enough units that survive that shooting barrage that you just put in there, and then they they got you. From a so KO perspective. How many Go wounds ahead. on average, and what can do heroes have, and what kind of aftersave do they have? Uh, so, yeah, well, we'll go into that with the next. I think the next highlights because they have um, options to um, to wound shock to throw off wounds onto over units. Okay. Then so there are uh, uh, to uh, make them minus one wounds. to hit, minus one to wound. They can block line of sight. So there's a lot of things that can they can stack to protect their heroes. Although they're so, what, heroes, they're very survivable. What a rat trap with two D three mortal wounds do much on average? Maybe one one wound. One wound from two D three mortals. Yes, because we'll we'll go into that later. But they have an ability to ignore these effects of spells and endless spells. Okay. So they and yeah. And from and from a chaos perspective, the ability to focus range damage exactly where you want it that's going to be your biggest strength when tackling the hearth guards because obviously their biggest ability to increase that six up shrug to a four up shrug comes from the heroes so from a ko perspective having the ability to target to pinpoint your damage where you want it is something that other factions simply don't have so yeah. even though it might seem like this war scroll is almost insurmountable from a ko perspective we're in a much better position to chip away the buff pieces than a lot of other factions are yeah other factions what they'll see they have this so-called death star because everything wants to be holy within 12 for various buffs and the hero in the middle they're not gonna Good get luck. To the hero they Good have luck. no chance to get there so they need to run into the hearth god which then in uh in the armor sub faction they can strike for you with some battalions they can strike again yeah it's it's futile and from um, what I, and from what and from what I understand, Max, the difference between the Broadaxe and the Poleaxe, obviously the Broadaxe having Ren 1 base 2 damage, but the Poleaxe, as you see from the Smoldering Braziers, does exactly. um, does two mortal wounds. There's very little, there's very little um, change in the damage output, mathematically so speaking. It depends. it depends. It depends uh, on the target, right? Yeah, it's a good thing that you highlight this. Um, so each one has two attacks. The... The leader of the unit is always called the car. It doesn't matter what kind of unit it is. In Fire Slayers, they're all called car. It's like the one car. name they have. Carl. <laughs> Carl. 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 Um, that kills people, that kills people Carl. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they all have two attacks. They have all have two-inch reach. So with a 32-millimeter base, they can fight from two ranks. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, really not, that's why I said it's easier to get 20 into combat than 30. But 20 is possible. Two into so the thirty-two is really good. So that's uh, possibly forty-one attacks. And the important thing with the flame strike pole axes—they're the ones with the chains that you can see on the small image here on the top. And they do on a hit of six, unmodified hit roll of six. They do two mortal wounds in addition. In addition, yeah. two mortal wounds. 
if they fight twice, that's they do that. They can throw out like 14, 15, 16 mortal wounds per combat round. The right. problem here is if they fight against someone like Archeon or Nurgle, that makes them reroll sixes. Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly, those poleaxes are much less effective. Because then or it's only freeze and freeze, no rend, one damage. Then or something that had a high after save and that can block those mortals, right? Which yeah, might not yeah, have also. the ability to 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 fend, to fight off the rend. So the poleaxes seem very strong, but it depends on your opponent. That's why uh, often in armies you see two units of Hearthguard, one with those, and yep. one with those. Yep. So they Absolutely. they have some some tactical uh, choice they can make. The broad axes are great because I mean freeze and freeze is a, already a very good stat line, but they have a rend and then two damage, and we have seen uh, they have the possibility to to add another rend, maybe in a roll of six another. So that's rend free. That's like a stat line of a of a prime. Yeah, I mean freeze yeah. and freeze rend one damage two is already what our carbine is what our carbines are. And we know how effective. Like even eight carbine yeah. shots is from nine clad. Well, and these are four, point, 40, 41 carbine shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, and they can reroll hits to one. They can get uh, extra damage on a wound roll of six. So they have all these options that they can trigger. They can use their gold runes where we use gold chairs. And they use gold runes. And yeah. So dangerous. Dangerous people don't, don't get too close. I think. From my perspective, I would rather come up against the broad axis than the pole axis. Because say for instance if they charge your ironclad and then yes. you, you chuck in your your eight of gold, you've got more chance of surviving that rend than you do the mortal wounds. Uh, yeah, although I doubt an ironclad will survive a full round of combat with broad axes. Um yeah. Uh, it, it's tough. Especially, but, we'll see later why, because they can activate twice. But say if it's a unit 10 then, or whatever it is, there's just the uh, the broad axes, the rend, when you combine that with, say, A for gold to reroll saves, is less mm. effective than, because we don't have that other, the, we do have a, some protection for the ships against mortal wounds, but it's passing it on to the gun. Yeah, on a six. It's, yeah. It's, on a, it's not that effective. No, so yeah, dangerous, dangerous people. Both weapon options are are very strong. Um, uh, Matt, often, yeah. often we'll see later. Uh, there's a battalion where they can fight twice. Often those have the pole axes just to get that. Try again for mortals because mortals are a safe bet. If you do mortals, that's you know mostly that kills people. What were you saying, Lee? Uh, Matt, you brought up the thing about. Um, so about after saves will cut through the mortal wounds, but and not the not the um, the rend, but it will have the same effect on the rend as it as it will as the mortal wound. Yes, yes but then it's two dice you need to roll because damage two. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. there was one other thing I was going to mention, but I can't remember what it was. Oh yes, oh. the other thing was the the mortal wounds. Uh, from the pole axes because it's in addition to the normal damage. So if they activate their rune to get the double damage or the extra one damage on the um, on the un unmodified wound roll of six, because it's in addition, then you still make the wound roll. Then yeah, you, you keep the dice in the that. pool. Yep. Yeah. Whereas some other uh, units in the game have things where, like, on a hit roll of six, and then it's 
you just do the mortal wounds and you don't roll a wound or save. So um Yeah. And the white strong is because each attack procs it to two mortal wounds. Yeah. So it's just like so for example, you have forty one attacks, you roll five, six, sixes. Mm. That's twelve mortal wounds already. It just adds up. Yeah. It's just then, you know. If they then get sixes <laughs> to wound as well, which then do two damage. And then you start failing saves on them. Yeah. 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 And the reason why this unit is like so good and you see it so much, right? Is we're talking about all the potential damage output that this unit can do. But on top of that, it's also one of the most resilient units that you'll find in the game, at least for a battle line or just sort of a, a straight infantry unit. Yes. So These not only Right. So not only is it like a lot of times you'll see, obviously, Daughters of Cain have a similar situation where they have insanely offensively um, driven units with a very durable um, buffs from other War Scrolls. So it's sort of a similar situation. But like, yeah, so it's not a glass cannon. This isn't something that comes in, smashes into your lines, does a bunch of damage, but then it can't take a punch. This thing can take a punch as well as it can give it out. So um the only weakness is that a lot of it has to do with synergies which i think we're probably going to move on to yeah the thing is also often they will not run into you to fight you but they will wait for you wait they'll wait because they can take the hit and they will punch you back well and then you're going to see later that they they get onto objectives and they get better when they're on the things that make you win the game so it's just you know Yes, yes. Uh, strangely, um, in AOS, the half-naked Berserker armies are the toughest. <laughs> it's uh, cinematic. So yeah. it's gonna, it's starting to get a little cold, so I'm going to fly high to another location. <laughs> <laughs> each, each slide, he'll come to us from somewhere. Yeah, that's a good um, but we'll keep in mind, we have seen freeze and freeze already, a good stat line. Um, we'll then later see why it's it, there's ways to make that even better. Mm -hmm. So, so the next unit, uh, same kit, same box. That's why they look very similar. It's just the arm pose is different, the weapon is different. Uh, are the Auric Hearthguard. So everything in this arm is either rune, fire, hearth guards. Like they all sound the same. <laughs> uh, it's very similar. They look the same. Their names. They same. look very similar. Uh, they all they all related. Uh, yeah. Um, again, similar stat line. Two boons, four inch move, five plus save, and these are bravery seven, so uh, one less. These are the shooty boys, as they are called. Uh, they have magma pikes, uh, which have two shots each, uh, only hit on a four, so that's not as good. But uh, wound on a three have one rend, one damage. The important thing here is uh, not so important for KO because we do not have monsters, but if they damage. Uh, or if they hit uh, a monster, those attacks get damage too. Ooh. So if you're shooting at big enemy heroes, terror guys, uh, archeons, whoever that have the monster keyword, uh, those shots will now do damage too. And maybe more importantly, uh, if they have inflicted the wound on a monster, afterwards they roll the dice, one die, on a four plus, they have that unit's move and subtract one from hit rolls because it's all like, uh, oh. 
cooling down magma uh, gluing to his feet and he can't move so that's a nice a nice uh, thing they have that they can shoot like a terror guys for example uh, so giants hate these guys then, yeah giants will I, not like these guys although giant has enough enough output the the bad thing about these is hitting on fours that's a bit annoying yeah although like the stat line of their magma pipes is basically basically the same as thunderers with rifles yeah it's, it's just the other way around yeah. threes and fours and fours and threes are effectively the same the only thing is um from a, like if you've got reroll ones then threes and fours like you can get reroll ones to hit easily in the game can't you so Yes, and the ability to like then subsert one from hit rolls from my monster is great. The other ability, and that's the main reason these people get taken, often in units of five, is these sworn protectors. Mm -hmm. uh, so if the unit is within three inches of a foot hero, or a hero that's not mounted on a magma rough, so those are the foot heroes. Is that, is that uh, the keyword foot hero? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> foot, slugging, foot slugging north. Um, on a four plus, uh, when you allocate the wound, so this is important because uh, this is then if you have if you would have an artifact that would give you a, a damage prevention roll, you need to choose ether or because both happen when you allocate and from the last GHB we know you don't you can't have two uh, wound negating abilities rolls whatever uh so and they have to do this there's no choice which sometimes brings you in a situation where you kill off models from the orc earth guard unit but you didn't want to because you want to contest an objective mm -hmm. so but yeah um often um you will find the unit of five next to one hero or two heroes just you know bodyguarding them then if they're in range they will shoot their 11 shots uh, over the heads of their of the other units, but mostly they get taken um, for the saving the heroes. So this is one source that makes heroes much more survivable. Mm -hmm. A four plus damage prevention roll, and because they have two wounds, they can take. That's a unit of five is basically 10, 10 extra wounds, so it doubles the wound characteristic of a foot hero basically. Um, it works yeah. like every every uh, it's wounds and multiple wounds and it works like all these things you need to roll one die after the other because if they if the hero dies then all the other wounds just uh, evaporate yeah. but you're going to see these guys protecting or taking damage from the heroes that are then protecting the earth guard berserkers yeah, so. that's why it's all synergies it's all a big bubble it's just positive feedback <laughs> It's a, it's a positive feedback loop that all just compounds on itself to make this unstoppable killing machine that doesn't die. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, these, uh, what also is what people sometimes use is bigger units. And then they, they we will see later there's an ability to deep strike or to teleport one. Um, they use them then to attack monsters because that's something people do not expect from a fire slayer armies that they, Deep strike a shooting unit and then with damage mm -hmm. to take out your big monster. 
Yeah. I was playing at Adepticon a couple years ago. This is again when the old book uh, was around, and um, I, he tunneled a massive unit of Hearthguard Berserkers right behind my uh, Glotkin, and uh, my army was centered around that one piece and just evaporated it, like it just evaporated, removed it from the table, and it was a rude awakening. What these things get, what these guys can do to monsters. Yeah. So if you see them in bigger units than five, uh, they might be meant for. Offensive. Um, mm -hmm. From a KO perspective, the or another thing that um, or Carthguard have to that can um, that can do is zone out um, the space behind a Hearthguard unit. So you're going to have that Hearthguard unit. You're going to have the priest or the hero next to it, and the Hearthguard the orcs are obviously going to take the damage away from the priest. But a secondary ability that they're going to be able to do is is deny you places to fly high. Um, yep. and, a, and a smart player, which Fire Slayers typically, Fire Slayers players typically are, is the, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Just, just smarter, <laughs> more beautiful people in general, right? But they're going to put them in spots that are off your terrain and just completely deny you. Um, the so even though we were saying that, yeah, Fire Slayers are slow, there are multiple ways that they can take away your biggest advantage as a KO player, which is speed and placement. Yeah, often these, um, we have not talked about this, but uh, what Fire Slayer armies also get is a terrain piece. It's a small um, battle forge. It's the so-called pizza oven. It's not big. The footprint is not big, but uh, it's a terrain piece, so boats cannot uh, fly high within one inch of it. So they can strategically uh, place it. It's big enough to hide a hero behind it. But often uh, the buffs the hero gets for prayers from it means that the hero wants to stay close to it and it's deployed in their deployment in their territory. So often like in their backfield somewhere, uh, which means the hero will be close by, which means a unit of Auric Hearthguard will be close by zoning out that backfield. So often these five man units get used like in the in the in your backfield to to zone out and to prevent uh, deep striking or uh, fly high and so on. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest takeaway for a KO player, though, is basically any shooting that you put in heroes is basically halved yeah. by having these nearby, as well as also they're, they're basically going to gonna provide lookouts there as well. Yes. Likely. If there's three or more models, and they come often used in units of fives with two wounds, so they will have two three models for some time. So minus one to hit from that. Then they have an uh, ablative wound, and we'll let you see. There's all other minuses <laughs> as well, debuffs yeah. as well in the army. I think we covered the Oryx, so let's move mm -hmm. on to one of the yeah. commonly chosen heroes, which is the yeah. Battlesmith. Um, so the the big thing about here, him is really the buff that he can give out, isn't it? Yes, the the reasons why battlesmiths get taken is a they are in a in a one battalion uh, that people very much like to use. He, this is a classic foot hero, five wounds, four plus safe, orange move. So your standard fire slayer heroes. The the small heroes, the fire slayer heroes, mm. don't really want to be in combat or fighting. They're not no slouches in combat, so they can kill stuff. For example, you see he has three attacks, freeze and freeze, one rent, two damage, but they're too valuable to like get them get killed in combat. Oh, you want to yeah, keep them 
behind. But they can kill stuff. They can hit back. The most important ability here is the icon of Grimnir. This is an ability uh, where he just says in the hero phase, I will raise my icon. Everyone holding within 12 inches now gets plus one to their save roll until the next hero phase. <laughs> this is fantastic. It's just a free plus one, a plus one save. So already now your hearth guards are on four plus save. And uh, the downside, so the cost for this is that the Fire Slayer units that gain this plus one save, they cannot retreat. Oh no. Like Fire Slayer units do not want to retreat unless they you like, really want to get out of combat to run or like retreat onto an objective, but that's a corner case often. They the time they can they're happy in kill combat. You and then move. That's where they want to be. They want to yeah. be in combat, but um, keep it in mind. It might be important. Uh, so, for example, if you tag a hero with three engine riggers or so, if he's wholly within 12 of that battlesmith, he cannot retreat from that combat with your engine riggers. Yeah. He's stuck in combat. Uh, a big thing about this ability is even though they've adopted a lot of the new wording in this battle dome with like wholly within stuff, is they haven't adopted the new wording for these sorts of abilities, which is often that there would be if you're within range of any heroes with this ability. So mm -hmm. it just says if you're in range of this model, uh, so it stacks. So if you've got two yes. battle spaces, then you'll put it out plus two to save. Yes, you could stack, although oh. I've not often seen two battlesmith in the list. He's a hundred and forty points hero. He's one of the more expensive. Okay, uh, infantry heroes in the army, um, but he's it, that ability is just great because it's a plus one save. And oh, there's really? another ability that if you actually slay him, uh, which you like might want to do, of course, because he he gets that uh, extra extra plus two on their damage prevention roll for the hearth guards and so on, and he gets that plus one save. Um, they can say they want to protect that icon that he just dropped. On the floor, being dead. If they any fire slayer unit, holy within twelve, so in that aura buff, they can say they will protect it. They cannot make normal moves or charge moves for the rest of the battle. They're stuck where they are. However, they can still pile in, but they can re-roll all hits and wounds. So if these have got twenty Hearthguard berserkers with this battlesmith, they're sitting on an objective. You manage to kill the battlesmith. Mm. Which you need they to do they don't want to go anywhere else, or they're already in combat with your, okay, maybe not KO, but other army, your big units. Now they all get reroll hits and reroll wounds. Yeah, you uh, can't then, you can't hit kill the half guard berserkers because they've got plus one to save and they've got a four plus after save because he this hero is nearby. You can't kill the hero easily because he or or a half guard nearby. So for the time you do manage to kill him, he then makes the half guard more killy. Yes, yeah. but he he locks them in place, yeah. and but it's often, to often right people here. don't opt to take that. They say, "Well, I don't care about that. I can. He's dead. Who cares?" Because I want to continue moving on to other objectives, and they're pretty killy anyway. So and they're pretty killy anyway. So, but that's just keep that in mind. If it's not uh, Hearthguard, but if it's a block of, let's say, twenty Volkites or thirty Volkites that he's babysitting. Poof. Now they get they get killy too. 
with their stat line of uh, threes and fours. One red, I mean, one if, if they choose to take that option, we, we as KO can just sit around them and just shoot them until they die, essentially. Yeah. They, there's nothing they can do against us at that point. Because yeah. they can't no. charge. So. No, they can't charge. They can only pile in well, if you're not in combat with them. yeah, You could just fly in circles and keep shooting them, but still, yeah, they still have a, then a 5 plus and a, and a 6 plus, so we'll take some shots too. You don't, you know, there's no flying in circles needed. You can just sit there stationary. <laughs> kind of oh, there's other units in the army that yeah. will come to you. Yeah. Uh, what what we have highlighted here uh, is a very commonly chosen artifact. Um, some people say this is a go-to. In it, this is like the number one selection in any in any army. The Nocidian icon. So he, uh, as his icon of Grimnir, he can choose three different artifacts. Uh, and this is the mostly chosen one uh, because this gives them the four plus spell and endless spell ignore. So the same aura, only within 12 of him. Um, each time a unit is affected by a spell or endless spell, let's say you throw in the warp lightning vortex onto that big blob that they are, they're all sitting nice, cozy together. Oh, fantastic. I'll throw on my, my vortex uh, if you can fit it in. Uh, fantastic. They all get like no running and uh, mortal wounds. Oh, they guess what? Fly. Now they're rolling core plus. They can't fly, but they can't fly anyway. <laughs> um, oh, guess what? Uh, half of them will just ignore it. And ignore the effect means also ignore the no running. Yeah. So, so, so and then the other, the damage that does go through, half of that's going to get thrown onto an Auric Hearth Guard, right? Or or through the damage prevention roll of the Hearth Guard, yeah, depending what you hit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so this is why when, when Kron asks about your 2d3 mortal wounds from your warp lightning vortex, how many goes through? Well, it gets half from this, then it gets half from the Auric Hearth Guard, um, yeah, that's why so it's 50-50 whether it'll even work for the, in the yeah. first place. Yes. Yeah. You know, at, a, at an hour and 15 minutes here, guys, uh, you know, it's seeming pretty doom and gloom when you come up <laughs> against the table. Let's not... I was going to say, but... Like, this. It, is, it is a hard oh. matchup. That's why we're doing this show. If it was easy, no one needs to show. Yeah. Uh, because then it just, like, show up and shoot. There, it, it seems like we're basically highlighting all the strengths of the Fire Slayers uh, army now, but you know, there's certainly ways that Care Drone Overlords have to, to, yeah, well, to win the game. I think that's uh, part yeah. of the like main discussion later is how now knowing all this that you the knowledge we give you, okay, what are your tactics? How do you approach this? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but basically, that's Battlesmith, he always mostly always comes with the Nocidian icon. Uh, so it means they mostly always take a battalion to get a second artifact because they need to take one from the lodge, and that's the one they choose because it's their only, or almost only way to interact with spells, because they don't have wizards, they cannot unbind unless um, they take a specific artifact on their priests, but they don't get any buffs to unbind uh, on this spell. So this is the, it's the best choice because it's just everyone gets it and it's a four plus. And with the uh, the current meta as it is, then uh, it's a solid pick for them, isn't it? Yeah, because you're not gonna unbind a croak or unbind a Nagash, but a four plus is a four plus. It always works. Mm -hmm. How uh, often do in how often do fire slayers take night encantors with um, to do some unbinding on or endless spells for them? I've seen lists. I've seen it being used. 
um, mostly for the um, voice voice call, just yeah. the automatic unbind. Uh, and if they want to uh, like use cogs to be faster, sorry, just I can see them. I can see Fire Slayers using cogs a couple times. Then you get plus four to move, plus and possibly plus four to charge. Yeah, the uh, important thing about this artifact is is can roll. So if you like, because if it wasn't you can roll, if it was just you rolled, then that would affect cogs. But because it's it's optional, so that if they do take cogs, then they don't have to roll if they have this artifact. Mm. Which makes it even better. I've seen a lot of competitive fire slayers lists um, taking uh, gun haulers as allies because now they obviously got cheaper at uh, during at the winter FAQ. But it basically just is a little bit of CYA cover your ass uh, for their slow movement, right? So because it's effectively mm -hmm. you know table wide movement, and so a lot I've and also adds a little bit of shooting. Um, and so um, they're able to get on a, when you think, oh, this back objective, I can move off of it or I can fly high off of it. Well, they've got a gun hauler that can essentially. Yeah. So allies, allies is a bit, the allies for fire slayers, because this is an older book is dispossessed when that, where they were still their own thing. Iron world arsenal. So a dwarf yeah. cities, cardron overlords or stormcast. Uh, but the thing they, they offer Dispossessed offer, yeah, range or, or melee, but they have that in Oryx and Hearthguard. Mm -hmm. Arsenal offers them gyrocopters, which is maybe a good choice, and KO offer them fast movement. So that's and, and more shooting. So often gun holders is a good choice, or then you go with Stormcast, you know, your prime, your uh, encounter, uh, whatever. Uh, I was going to say, it's not just because it's an old book that they have. It as dispossessed and stuff because I mean it's the same with KO is we have dispossessed as an ally even though yeah, it's, it's part of the cities of Sigma but it's because because it's dwarfs yeah yeah they don't want to take an else the key word would be cool. Iron World Arsenal gives you uh Hellfire sure. cannon from that. it would be pretty funny if you were playing a KO army against the Fire Slayer army and you were Barrack Thring it would be like that Spider Man <laughs> meme where they're both pointing at each other <laughs> yeah yeah although we can take more. <laughs> more fires and dwarfs than they can take because they only have allies. They don't have a sub faction that mixes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, move on to the next hero we picked. Yes, this uh, is also a hero that you'll very often see. Yes, absolutely. Let's circle the most important thing about him, probably. That oh, yeah, he's yeah, Mark McTunneling. So he's another, you know, small hero, five wounds. Five plus safe, so not awesome. He's actually not that good in combat. Uh, he has an option. He can either have a runic iron, so a second, a second combat weapon, or a forge key. And ninety-nine percent, hundred percent of the time, you use the forge key because it uh, increases his buff, which is the second ability he has. But the most, the main reason is, uh, well, there's two reasons. One is because he gives them uh, his attacks in a battalion, not attacks. He's a a key unit in a battalion yeah. when they run double battalion, which is a good battalion. And the other reason is his tunneling. Because we said they're slow, four inch move dwarves. Ah, but this is a, a deep strike. This is a, a basically a, a workaround that. Hmm, how do I get all my earth guards onto that objective? Well, easy. I tunnel them with this guy. So he has the ability, instead of setting him up, 
uh, you can say he's in reserve, he's on the ground tunneling. And then the next time you set up, so this is important. It, this does not reduce your drop. This is still two drops. Mm -hmm. Next time you want to set up a unit, uh, you can say, well, this unit will join him. And this is any kind of fire slayer. This could be a magma dwarf. This could be another hero. This could be uh, Auric Hearth Guards. Um, this could be Hearth Guard Berserkers, Volkites, whatever. They also go in reserve, which is a good way around if you have a high drop list, because this is already two dead drops. He's saying, okay, for my first drop, oh, yeah, he's going in reserve. Second drop, oh, these two are, are going in reserve. And they don't have that rule that Night Hunt or Stormcast have that you always need to put one in reserve for one unit on board. He doesn't have that. You just put everything in reserve. Oh, you have another prime, I'll put him in reserve too. I already have three drops and you don't have no idea where I'm on the board. So technically, could you run an, a Fire Slayer list that is entirely off the board? Probably. Mm, you could, yes. If you have Volkites as battle line and enough Rune Smiters, you can get six Rune Smiters because you're limited by leaders. With six big units of Volkites, you could technically. Not sure if it's good. But you could. I would love to see this guy. I just have this crazy vision of this guy tunneling with a Magma Droth, and the Magma Droth tries to fit in the tunnel like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, you can you can use him. He's also a good if you plan to take uh, Fire Slayers as allies in KO. Uh, I'd always choose him because of the inherent extra like good positioning movement and another unit. So you don't have to worry uh, where to where to put how to get them your units in combat. You just okay. I have more of my boats. I can teleport, uh, and he can. It's once per game when he shows up. Uh, importantly, he needs to do this within the first three rounds. If he comes up, uh, at, not before the uh, after the start of the fourth battle round, then their units are destroyed. That's like a classic reserve unit thingy. Um, so yeah, he's great. Uh, he's 120 points, so it's a good investment to get bodies that are hard to shift onto objectives. Yeah, you already said. Go ahead, Lee. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if you're if you're coming up against fire slayers and you look at your opponent's list, this would be one of the first things I look for because that's going to really affect your deployment. Because you, if you, if, you, if he's in the list, then you know that potentially something can tunnel, tunnel up anywhere. Um, you start screening with uh, with Arconauts. Yeah, you need to know. You, you can't just go, well, I can look at their movement and go, well, this is how far they can get. Yeah, so yeah. if he goes with Oryx, remember they have 18-inch shooting range. So they And they need he needs, as always, Deep Strike uh, more than 9 inches away. So they can be in shooting range. Uh, fire, um, the Fire Steel throwing axes will not, because they're only 8 inches, but they're rubbish anyway. Um, often people... Tunnel a Auric, a Hearthguard Berserker unit with him because he's already then a hero that will give them their extra save, mm -hmm. their uh, four plus funeral pain. But um, what I what I would not suggest uh, to do is to use him to deep strike and alpha strike Hearthguard Berserkers because they don't have any plus to charge mm -hmm. from themselves. So they rely on that, what is it, 27% chance. Okay, he's a hero, he can use a command point, re-roll it, but nah. That's where you Mostly take the encounter with the cogs. Yeah, if you get that spell off. But yeah, he's uh, he's or sitting there. Effect on the plus two move. 
you get the plus. Yeah, two but shot. they can't they can't move when they when they come up. Yeah, that's on a roll of six. Okay, a roll of six. I will not plan my list around a roll of six. Of course, no. But they will yeah. know that before they uh, turn up. But yeah, you'll know before. But uh, most of the times, you use him to either bring in some oryx to do some damage, or you put bodies on objectives where otherwise you'd need two turns to run there. You know, the yeah. main thing with this guy is that it just adds to that sort of um, effect that we talked about where these, you look at the four-inch move, they're dwarfs, but they're deceptively fast. They have ways to get around that four-inch movement to enhance it. Um, mm -hmm. And again, we'll see that again more later on, but it's just like KO. You see, oh, four-inch move on their war scroll, but they are deceptively fast. And uh, I think we're well used to that uh, playing Caradron Overlords, but it mm -hmm. also Fire Slayer Brothers too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's the other thing that makes him very good is his um, prayer. So the thing is also maybe to to keep in mind, maybe you're a bit surprised. Uh, Fire Slayer priests they can throw out a lot of prayers. They can do up to three prayers each because they all have a uh, war scroll prayer, which in this case is the runic empowerment, which is on a three plus. So all all their prayers are very good on a three plus. One is on a four plus. Uh, if they are wholly within uh, 18 inches, or no, within 18 inches of the terrain piece, and another priest has activated that terrain piece at the start of the hero phase, they get plus one on their prayer rolls. So now this this props on a two plus. So on a two plus, and we use the remember we use the forge key, so it's an 18 inch range. Uh, the unit that he selects gets re-roll wound rolls, all wound rolls. So good. This <laughs> makes your your health card berserk is now so much better again. If you remember, already wounding on a free rerolling all those. If you remember that they do stuff on <clears> with the pole axes on an unmodified six on a wound roll, and now uh, you got two bites of that apple to try and get that unmodified six as well. But the thing is also with any weapon because already you're hitting on freeze, you can uh, use the the gold rune for reroll ones to hit. Okay, yeah. freeze rerolling ones. Then wounding on freeze, rerolling everything, one rain, two damage. It's it just makes units so much better. It's also uh, not fantastic. wound rolls. It's all wound rolls. So if you yeah, did one fish for crits, yeah, you could do. You if you're going up against a target with a high armor save, you could like uh, say they wanted to try to take down a uh, um, you know your ironclad and you popped your reroll all save rolls. Mm -hmm. Well then I can use this guy and fish for sixes and do two mortal wounds a pop on sixes. You could just uh, so this again. This guy, it's an ability uh, three plus, may, maybe two plus if he's within range. And um, I mean, eighteen inches from his, if he placed his terrain piece in the center of his deployment, eighteen inches is a big area uh, on a two plus. Uh, it's a very good thing. You can you can't do anything about it. It's not magic. Then they all get to choose. All the priests get to choose one prayer from the lore, and there's three very good ones. Uh, one obviously is a prayer of ash, which gives plus one save. So that's another source of a plus one save, uh, which only happens on a four plus. Though it's the only one that happens on a four plus, but being close to the terrain piece, it's a three plus. So it's okay, it's reliable. Um, there's one called Ember Storm, which I often put on this guy because it allows you to run and charge. Oh, although remember okay. the moment that he he tunnels up, he shows up on the board. He cannot pray. It's too late. Hero phase has passed. He didn't. He can't pray. So he cannot do this in the round that he shows up. But if they're playing for a double turn, 
So they bring themselves in position next round. Okay, double turn. Now they can do all these prayers. So they can run and charge. And this is fantastic. Him with some Hearthguard Berserkers, he can make them run and charge, making them even faster. So we said before, there's another source of high movement. They can run and they can, uh, they can charge. But I talked to, I conferred with, a, I conferred with a, a close friend of mine, Jeremy Vessier, who was um, one of the, the he, last year he was the top um, overall player on the ITC, and he was also the top uh, Fire Slayers player. Um, mm -hmm. And he told me that um, I asked him for a little bit of insight into uh, he also plays Caradron Overlords, a little bit of KO uh, insight on. And he said the Auric Rune Smiter is should be when you're when you're trying to go after the heroes, you know, just shoot the heroes, just shoot the heroes. He said mm -hmm. the Auric Smiter should be your top priority, and then the Battlesmith, in his opinion. And he said because it's that run and charge, um, because of the run and charge ability where. Um, again, it's just something you don't foresee how much ground these guys can cover in various ways. But that run and charge ability with a double turn can be devastating, and you just don't even see it coming. You just can't. You can't understand. Yeah. You can't. It's just hard to to sort of see on the tabletop. So even I if mean, you pop pop them up nine inches away, you okay? Maybe roll. You you try. Okay, I failed the charge. Next round. Oh, now I'm gonna guarantee this because they're gonna move four, then they're gonna run, and then they're gonna charge. So I'm gonna get in well, all they, they might be moving six, six moving six and run and charge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you might not even need to tunnel him at that point. You just go right. This is my big block of hearth guard front of the line. They now they move six, they run six, and then they charge. And they reroll all their wounds. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah you, I've seen that play that you have uh, maybe even two of those in a list, and mm. they do not, they don't tunnel. It's an option. He can look at your army, say, "Oh, I'm going to tunnel," or not. He Is can decide. The problem with the run and charge business that they have these aura buffs and the heroes. Yes, but his up. his remember his only aura is uh, the i mean the reroll to wound prayer is 18 inches so he will see still be in that range for in the next round and the other one is just be within 10 of the hearthcut berserkers to give them the extra and he, he, if he runs he'll be within 10. you often find himself then like lost in the middle of the field just like somewhere uh, and that that it's a bit dangerous for him but uh often yeah but then he's also his owning space as well yeah um yeah he is, he is um maybe completing on the on the prayer there's another one that's often used and that's uh, another prayer called searing heat which is a uh, minus one to hit it's an 18 inch range which all priests can choose to have um and he can minus one to hit debuff you with that also on a three plus or two plus if you're within range of the drawing piece. <clears throat> and then the third prayer they can do, which is not a prayer role, but an invocation role. This is important because it, so it doesn't get buffed by the drawing piece. Always on a three plus is there funny um, spelled invocations. So he can also do that. So in total, he can do three prayers, invocation things, which is great for a small hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to pull out something. Uh, Ken says Polax is proc on a hit roll of six. I said rune yes. Rune. You were you were talking though about the Orgot rune that gives extra damage on a six, right? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I was kidding. I said Polax is it, <clears throat> but that was the thing I meant because I knew there was something that um, procked on a wound roll of six. So yes. yeah, you're right, Ken. Uh, Ken. Was, I got. I think I got that that uh, sort of crossed 
but there was, there was extra damage, damage. Extra uh, damage the mortal wounds but ken's right yeah mm -hmm. uh, uh so one thing like i mentioned about deployment with if there's a rune smiter in your opponent's list one of the most important things for ko with that is if you want to deploy in the corner and then quite often what you see is your people put like a token unit on an objective like you'll put free riggers or a gun haul it's something cheap because you've got most of the stuff in a corner basically in a little castle is that if they tunnel up something over on one of your objectives that so they would never normally have an opportunity to to walk to um that could be quite a bit of a problem for you because then you're like well where do i fly high to do i fly over high over to their side of the table and try and take that or do i try and take back my objectives uh. Uh, because they're threatening that and they're not you know Three riggers are not going to defend themselves. Even if you throw <laughs> the space, they're not going to defend themselves, are they? So, uh... no, not really. Um, yeah, if once fire slayers are sitting on objectives, oh, it's a hard, a hard battle from there. Mm -hmm. uh, the best chance we have is um, battle plans with a lot of, a lot of objectives. So mm -hmm. we jump around scoring them, and if they run off to the other one, we jump to theirs and back and forth. You know, you play a, a game of catch. Um, if, if you play something, I played uh, in a tournament a fire slayer list um, this year, no, last year, um, which was shifting objectives. So three objectives in the oh. middle. Like he moved on to two of them, and then I started. I tried to kill his his heroes, and we'll see later. There's there's another minus debuff. It's nah, I didn't manage. He didn't even engage, really engage with me. He just sat there and scored, and because um, with a rune farver as a general, you can make Hearthguard Berserkers battle line, Volkites are battle line. You always score the extra, so yeah. After two rounds, basically, it's it's done. Yeah. So essentially, they can they can alpha bunker, and it yeah. If they do they that, then the problem with KO is you've you. It's whether you can unpick that bunker quick enough to then score more than them. Or bait them off the objective. Like, put something juicy. It's like, oh, come to me, get me, destroy me. But while by doing so, you're running off the objective. Yeah. Um, and a smart a smart player probably won't fall for that, unfortunately. Uh, no, he didn't fall for that. It's, it's worth trying. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's yeah. also about putting ablative units or ablative models um in a position where you can use uh terrain to your advantage and sort of slow them down as much as possible if you can to to block off um you know uh, uh bottlenecks or access to the objectives if you can um and, and use your your body you're obviously not as durable as um as the hearthguard berserkers but if you can use their inherent slow movement characteristic to your advantage in any way that you can um to because late game is where you're going to want to win the game against caradron or against fire slayers with caradron overlords yeah so good a good shout is abilities to half movement or hinder movement so yeah uh we've seen before lightning vortex uh, you can't run uh, maybe throw that away from that nocidian icon on a unit that doesn't have that uh, maybe use the Realm Scourge Rupture, uh, which yeah. also has house mm -hmm. movement. Like on already, it's a big thing. You can block 
Yeah, you, and they, they're all on like four inch move on a 32 millimeter base. They will take their time to like all conga line around it and get somewhere. So that's maybe that turn that you score and he doesn't that wins you the game. So yeah, maybe think about, yeah. think about that. As much as it would suck to block off line of sight using the, I saw a battle report with Doom and Darkness um, where it was Fire Slayers against um, Ogres and he used um, the Prismatic Palisade to really slow down again, not KO, but he used a prismatic palisade to slow down um, oh, the movement. We, yeah, we can use it. Spell the model. Yeah, it's not that expensive, and uh, it's just a big block thing that, that you can throw into your way. Just saying that I, you know, just using that wall spell to 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 block and make them go around it is is very very valuable. Yeah, I once played uh, against the Nurgle list, and they had the palisade, and they just used it to like completely seal off one route to an objective because there were then two hills on the on the sides mm -hmm. that was just like half my army was just taken out of the game because it was on that side of the battlefield i could not go through there i have no means of dispelling it so i had to run all around the other way then he could dispel it and have his stupid nurgle demons just fly through and you know i've, get I've done that as a Nurgle player, I've done that a lot with uh, summoning feculent Noromaws. I guess maybe this is a time for another show, but uh, any other faction that can that can bring on sort of just ablative wounds. It, again, it's just the whether it's a unit that can summon a, a plague bearers or bloodletters or really anything that can just you can in our case Arcanauts, where you can either in Zilfin a lot of people are playing where you can force them to run 10 inches uh without even spending a command point and just putting them in the way slowing them down forcing them to spend a, uh, um, a turn to fight through them um to, before you... yeah so roadblocks are a good good solution if you're, but if you're looking... there's a downside <laughs> we'll see later it's if you're they can fight for two two screens in one round if you're looking to get use an endless spell for a roadblock, the your best bet is actually it's not the the palisade, it's the the goblin scuttle tide with with the spiders. Yep. That has the longest and largest um, footprint of all endless spells in the game. Tubman uses that one a lot actually for just a the block off access to it. So you don't have to teleport before you move it even before you use it. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be a dolphin to move it to use it. It's funny, Matt, that you brought up Doom and Darkness because uh, Kron, you just did a uh, battle with him recently, didn't you, Kron? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you uh, with, uh, really? I didn't uh, know. Is, do we have to? Do we have to mention? Is, is that? Is that? Just, that doesn't have anything to do with the KO, does it? That's, no, uh, that's something else. No, but it's funny mm -hmm. that um, Matt brought it up in relation to using an endless spell to block movement because I noticed he did that against you. You were playing with your daughter Kane. And he was using Zeech oh. and he had the Taurus. Um, but he did <laughs> use it to stop units moving on to an objective. Um, he I did, it, but Morrissey just kind of went. Yeah. Um, so it's. Uh, yeah. We didn't do that on purpose to so call out Kron. So <laughs> maybe another, another remark uh, to um, Scuttletide is uh, it needs a terrain piece to proc. They bring their own terrain piece. Yeah. They have a forge that you Spires can. Spiders come out proc. of the forge. Spiders come out of the chimney, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways of blocking movement, and I think it's be creative about. It. Don't worry too much even about throwing away a, a unit potentially. But if it stops them moving for a turn, and then they don't get to score, and it's a cheap unit. Go ahead. 
I believe the yep. scuttle tile is also very cheap. It is. It's 40 or 30. Can't remember now. 30. It went down. I, um, um, I used the Realm Scourge Rupture in pretty much all of my lists, which is maybe no surprise, but I, I love the spell. And the fact that it can, that you can predictably put it where you want it and know exactly in the direction it's going to go is, is very handy. Scuttle tide can come back to bite you or they can just move it out of the way if they, uh, if they're able to. Um, but uh, any one of those wall spells is going to be very handy against fire slayers. Yep. Um, oh, and that was the point I wanted to make about the doom of darkness video was he wasn't using a wall spell. He was just using a, a predatory ender spell, but he was, using the fact that it could be moved to his advantage because normally the wall spells are quite often uh stationary once you put them there uh unlike what well, scuttle tide isn't but scuttle tide um, is not no uh the fact a spell that you can then move um is quite useful in blocking movement because people will think there's a space they can move through and they go oh wait no there isn't any more mm -hmm. okay um let's move on um Agreed. To walls. Talking about walls. Um, <laughs> right, I'm just going to have to disappear for a second while you talk about this and come right back. <laughs> but yeah, just bye carry bye. on with that. I will be back in. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Runic Firewall is one of uh, these uh, invocations. It's, I think, one of the more, more used ones. Uh, what this does is uh, why it's important for a card and overlords is because it has the ability to block line of sight. And um, so that's obviously for shooting, uh, that's a downside. And uh, there's um, the way this is written, it's a very cheeky way to use it. So you could place a model in front of it and still not be able, you could still not be able to shoot it because uh, when we we read the ability, a Roaring Rune Fire. It says a model cannot see another model if an imaginary straight line, one millimeter wide, drawn from the center of its base to the center of the other model's base, passes within one inch of this model. So what this means, number one is, you don't determine line of sight, can I see the model or not? Because you need to draw the line from middle to middle. Uh, so if, if there's like a, a bit of it peeking out, you still need to draw the line of sight now from middle to middle, so the middle of your ironclad to the middle of his hero. The other uh, uh, thing that this means is because it needs to pass within one inch of this model. So basically, the whole thing is just one inch larger on each side where it blocks line of sight. So it so extends out of the model and um, if the line passes through that one inch extra aura, means uh, all these foot heroes come on a 32 millimeter base. So that's uh, less than two inches. Meaning if you put them right in contact with the wall in front or behind, the, that imaginary straight line that you're drawing is passing through one inch around this model to reach the center of that base. Meaning you can place your priest in front of the wall, in base contact with the wall, you will not be able to uh, draw a line of sight to it. It's because of that wording that says passes yes. in one inch of the model, which yes. it's, just, it's just so good because it allows so much play like you were talking about, Max. It's horrible. The way this is written, it's stupid, but that's the way they have not FAQ'd this. This is, this is a very abusive way to use it, in my opinion. 
what it means because obviously you need place to place this wall. It's the same, approximately the same size as a as a um, what's it called the the other walls in the game. As a Paragon Overlords player, you cannot fault another faction for looking at a code, looking at a code from uh, something that's rules as written because technically they are using it the way it is. And I'm just kidding. But uh, it doesn't work the same way as something like Fire uh, um, Sylvaneth Wildwoods where it has to pass one, milli- or one inch of the terrain feature. Over no. the feature, it's within. So that's an important so, outside. So the wall is much, the line of sight blocking is much wider than the actual model. Yeah. Uh, people can stand in front of it and still not be, you can still not target them. And uh, another nice effect from this is it grants a reroll, save rolls of one, wholly within 12. Yeah. So, so, often, that, you, so that's... often you see the wall being placed like, like this between <laughs> two units. So they get that. Uh, Mystic Shield, yeah. basically. Yeah, essentially. So three up, rerolling one, four up. Exactly. Now we have reached the with the spell and the icon. We have reached the Auric, uh, the Hearthcut Berserkers, on a three up save. Now they're rerolling ones, and then they have the four plus. So we're we're layering. Uh, there's another layer you can put on, but it's not very common. And so the hero is invisible. <laughs> Yeah, so the hero is invisible. Uh, he can wound shrug on a four plus. Uh, he has a reroll one save. You see why it's getting more and more difficult to kill these heroes no, because it's it's so wide. Uh, yes, we can fly around and target from different angles, but because you need to draw the, to the center of the model, mm-hmm. uh, it does. It's not enough to just like have a little peek at the model behind the building, but it's actual. You like you need to measure and lay out uh, lines, and um, it makes it very hard to to target. And this is a prayer, so you can't just dispel it. But it, may, it might go away um, on its own <laughs> at the end of the round. So that's often with fire. Like you put it in front of your units because you want to protect them, and then you hope you hope that it's going to disappear because you want to move through there, <laughs> and it doesn't, and you you're blocking your yourself. Or uh, you want it to stay to protect the heroes and it disappears. Uh, it's a roll of a uh, four plus, a 50-50 chance. Uh, although if a priest is within six, uh, it's on a three plus, it will stay. And so I, it's think it's, I think it's that slight unpredictability uh, that when leading up to the show, I um, uh, went to the Best Coast Pairings app and was looking at uh, Fire Slayer's list from all over the world, um, as many as I could view. And... I really didn't see the runic firewall uh, in very many lists at competitive GTs. You see them a lot in RTTs or maybe in some sort of uh, Lofnir list where somebody's not playing a super optimized tournament army. But a lot of the ones that are, well, again, you know, as many of the, I had to go pretty far back to see some of the, uh, see okay. some uh, competitive GTs, but I didn't see the runic firewall in too many lists that also appeared to be somebody who was writing an optimized competitive, um, hearth, uh, you know, uh, fire slayers. Okay. List. Okay. Uh, two comments on that. Uh, I, I guess best coast pairings is more like us based lists. So maybe that meta is a bit different. And no, also, we kind of use it a little bit as well. Okay. Australia, um, Australia uses it here. Apart from the Scandinavian countries and Germany, I think also in the UK, fire slayers are not that common. You rarely see them. Maybe because people are put off because all the units look the same. There's not a big 
choice in, in units, actually. So in Scandinavian countries, all those Vikings, uh, they like their fire slayers. They have a lot of them. And in Germany, I see a lot of them, a lot of them. Uh, and they often use, use the wall. I think with the rise of the Caradron, like throughout the last year, we'll see them more often because it's That's a, a very point. reliable protection. Know, it's, a, it's a protection against line of sight spells as well. It doesn't help against uh, Luminev Sentinels, but fuck those guys. I mean, they just ruin everything. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a thing to keep keep in mind. Uh, the other thing maybe to keep in mind is that's the last um, the last ability it has. Uh, it says Magmadros can pass across this in the same manner as a model that can fly, which means you can fly over it. Right. So it means your ships and your your engine rig is you could charge over this wall. You could also stand on the other side of the wall and. It will not do anything to you, no harm, no burns, nothing. You could, if you have enough range, stand on the other side of the wall and fight through it. That's also possible. It's just a bit, it's a bit weird because it means also the wall can uh, be in front of your unit and the Hearthcare Berserkers could fight through the wall attacking you. This, uh, the side effect of this I just realized, which is, I assume you covered in the beginning that if a base is close enough to it, and yes, yes, that's the other thing we did. Stuff that Sorry, you can I need to head off. Sorry. All right. So, see you later, Carl. Into the clouds. I'll use KO next time. Yes, definitely. Yeah, better well, you need to take your better free. We're doing that with. Okay, Mornar. Yeah. Mornar. Mornar next. All right. It's on. Bring. Will, bring. Alex, you need to do something. <laughs> Three you like better, uh, Max or me? <laughs> I'll, I'll use, I'll, I'll, I'll put chat. up a... What do you want, like, uh, want to play? Yeah. Comment, comment under the video and we'll, we'll let yeah, I'll put up a thing in the WhatsApp. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Let the fans decide. Let the people vote. <laughs> let um, the people vote. And what the people want is more daughters. Well, we've... Defend democracy. <laughs> It's yeah. not a reference to what's happening in the world at all. No, uh, let's all not right. go into that. See ya. <laughs> See ya, Carl. Okay, but yeah, that's the that's the firewall. Um, yeah, I just wanted before Crom left, I wanted to mention that if you did stand close to it, you could effectively stop yourself from shooting anything. Yep, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> or is it? Does it? Hang on, let me just. It blocks yeah. line of sight from the middle to the middle. So if your middle of the middle of your yeah. base is within one inch. You can't see anything. Not even fully within. Just if you are within one inch, you. If the line passes through and the line is drawn from the center of the base to the center. Yeah, it, well, I was just checking. It works both ways. Yeah, it does work both yeah, ways. It, wor it works both ways. So yeah, uh, don't stand too close to it. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit so, annoying. I mean, you could fly over it and then shoot, or move away two millimeters and then shoot. Okay. Uh, so let's move on. Guys, so now we go. have we go to the battalions. Yeah, sorry, Matthew. Just say I'll take a quick bathroom break, but you know what? This is too important. Oh, you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. It's your planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's your carpet. Um, yeah, you guys can't see what's going on below the floor, right? <laughs> no pants. Lockdown. There's no pants. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Lords of the Lodge Battalion. This is a fantastic 
battalion um, because it has things that you want to take anyway. It has a rune farver. Uh, it's bold written, so it means the one on foot or on the Makmadrov. A rune master, uh, which is a priest that you'd like to have. A Smith, which you're going to take for the plus one save. And Hearthcut Berserkers, obviously, we've seen they're great. So you want to take those two. So fantastic. Gives you less drops, gives you an extra command point. And it gives you this fantastic ability, which means uh, this unit of Hearthcut Berserkers. So this is important, maybe to note. Um, in Warscore Builder, and the lists often does not say which units are in the battalion. Uh, and we said before, often you see Hearthcut Berserkers with both weapon loadouts in one list. Ask your opponent which one is it that's in the lodge. Because it depends uh, if they're fighting, for example, Archeon, obviously they don't want the, the sixes to uh, multiple wounds weapons because he makes them reroll sixes. Some say sneaky Dwarden Fireslayer players they like choose and change and swap through a tournament, which is would be illegal. But mm -hmm. to uh, maybe just ask beforehand which one is it that's inside, so you know which one is the unit that is in the battalion. Because this fantastic ability, if the unit is uh, the unit from this battalion is wholly within twelve of a hero, so any one of those three heroes from the same battalion at the start of the combat phase. This is important. Then after it has fought uh, in that phase for the first time, you can make it fight again. You can pick fight again. So this is important. This is triggered where at the start of the combat phase. Holy Weapon 12, fantastic. Now I activate them for the first time as normal. They move out, they pile out, out of the 12 inch bubble. They can still activate again afterwards for a second time. Um, and we will see this then um, synergize well with a, a large ability where basically they can fight twice in a row. They fight once, they fight again before you doing anything in their turn. Um, so this is a very powerful thing. Um, they have a four inch move and the three inch pylon is a 75% move basically. So now they get, a, they get a, they get 150% extra move. From yeah, this, exactly. and this is what why I said. Also, screens be be mindful of this, because if they charge in the same turn, they still allow to pile in also on the second activation, because they mm -hmm. only need to charge it. So they can charge your screen, destroy the screen, explode the screen. Ah, oh, I'll activate again. Move another three inches towards the closest enemy, which will be the the thing you put behind your screen to protect them. Yeah. Uh, two inch reach on the weapons, maybe okay. Now it's only the front row, but still. So you need you want to be more than five inches behind your screen. I love how their reach on their weapons is half the half the distance that they can travel on foot. Yeah. <laughs> along, like that, along. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, so this, yeah. Is, this catches people off guard. For example, I've played against Skaven, so I run into their Skaven clan rats, exploded those, and oh, I'll activate again. Now I'm into your bell. Boom, bell dead. And yeah. this pile, this compound with something that we'll see later with a popular sub-faction, the Hermdar Lodge, for an even more dramatic compound effect. Everything piles on top of each other, whether it's defensive buffs or offensive synergy. Everything yeah. that this army does compounds on top of each other to make like a, a like this like 
destructive sandwich, like this seven-layer cake of doom. So we've seen already the output of Horfka Berserkers is fantastic. Now double it because mm -hmm. they get to fight twice. Jane Wilson, Diablo 3 meme. Now then we doubled it. Exactly. So yeah, scary. Scary, scary people with uh, axism. And as you said, Max, there's everything that you were gonna take anyway makes up there's no there's no tax. Yeah, maybe the, the rune power would be debatable, but right, sure, you sure. you'll take him to make them battle line. Yeah. It's so, yeah, not you'll, like you'll you have to take three units of volkites, which you would never want to take, or or something like that. It, yeah. It's things you are mostly going to take anyway. Yeah. And Rune Master, yeah. He's a maybe you opt to take Rune Smiters instead of Rune Master if you had a choice, but he's a good he's a good priest. He has mm -hmm. a good ability. He can he has a weird thing that way he can make a unit minus one to hit, but it's a very weird wording how it works and if it procs or not. And he can set a, a blaze a terrain piece. He can uh, make it um, like throw out mortal wounds and uh, turn it into deadly terrain. Mm -hmm. he, like, if a volcano's call, he can just erupt a volcano inside the terrain piece. And it's quite funny because it's an 18 inch reach. But if you have a weird placed <laughs> terrain piece, I had an opponent, I think he had a free guild uh, rifleman, like 30 of them inside the terrain piece, but it was a huge hill. So mm -hmm. I could actually reach the front tip of the hill. I said, okay, I'm gonna volcano's call on a three on a two plus. Yeah, got it. Roll a roll a dice for each model in that unit at the other end of the hill. On a six, they all take a mortal wound. And I did like <laughs> ten mortal wounds uh, just and, from that. Anything that procs on a terrain piece can potentially be massive. Yeah, because the terrain piece can be massive. But remember, KO usually except deployment, they're not on terrain pieces because we cannot yeah. land on the terrain piece. So. Yes. We also so, didn't cover the room master in, in this overview because he, he's basically he's a priest uh, that can pray. That's it. Uh, the two main things I, other than the fact that the ability is really good, mm -hmm. is, but the two main things I take away from this battalion is that it's only one unit of half guard berserkers, mm -hmm. um, which you, is why I would imagine you mentioned earlier about the fact that people will take double battalion this because you basically get your heroes in a unit with this mm, yeah but often you will not double this battalion no yeah we'll take um, this and another battalion because it's a relatively small battalion if you think about it it's hero heavy yeah. but it's three small. heroes and the one unit it's the battalion itself costs now 150 points they raised it uh, to 150 okay. um which is i think is okay for what it does it's a good price. I mean, yeah, if you were if it had more than one unit of Hearthguard Berserkers or if you could have other battle line in this battalion, it would just be uh, it would just be insane, but that's that's the one weakness I think of this battalion is maybe a little bit of a high points cost, but the fact that it only has one of your required battle line. Ah, uh, but those points are so well spent. I mean, it's an artifact, so it's an Ocidian icon that you gain from this. Wow, spell ignore. Fantastic. 150 points. And the command, command okay. point and a second activation and that's i mean a second activation through five rounds i gladly spend 150 points around you are going to see words of the large in what nine out of ten competitive i'd say competitive so, yes. 
again, I speak, I, I, I mostly speak from a competitive player standpoint. If I'm not at an event, I'm preparing for an event that I'm going to go to. So, but as so a competitive fire slayers army, you're going to see nine out of 10, you're going to see Lords of the Lodge here with, yep, I'd with, say so, yeah. yeah, because it's just for all the reasons we've laid out. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a great battalion. Yeah. Um, and it comes back to the gristle gore thing, which is threat range after after charge, mm -hmm. and it's um, they're deceptively fast. Eight, it's eight inches, eight inches after after the, where they end their charge is massive, and it's funny mm -hmm. that just from piling in with this, they move like one and a half times their normal movement. Yeah, this is it. Firestone is all about clever movement, so you use this to move onto objectives. Yeah, because the slower your movement is, the more clever you have to be with movement. And I think, yeah, yeah in some ways, it's similar because we rely so much on fly high that when we do make our moves, we have to be clever with them as yeah. well. Um, so I mean, there's not much else about this battalion, is there? No. Oh, that's it. Basically, keep in mind it's the second activation. Yeah. Um, so let's look at one of their sub factions, which is Hamdar. This is what the most common. This is their Zilfin, basically. It is um, arguably the strongest. Yeah. Um, which is what I was going for when I said it is their Zilfin, not the fact that it. Oh, they have abilities for sky missiles. Um, but yeah, it's there's always one in a book, isn't there, that most people will gravitate gravitate to as the strongest. Yes, in the beginning, when the first when the book first came out, a lot of people tended towards another one, which is all about movement buffs. We'll look at later, because uh, as we said, slow people. Uh, but then the activation wars started, and this one <laughs> is king of playing activation wars. So what this does, uh, the abilities, seized by force, uh, it just means uh, wholly within enemy territory or wholly within 12 inches of an objective. Remember, objectives are 12 inch wide. Uh, so if you're standing uh, on the objective, but it's a 12 inch radius, so double of the objective, uh, you do not take battleshock tests, which is fantastic. So basically anywhere they are, they are battleshock immune, just like that. In your in your half or uh, or in your territory or uh, near objectives, and that's where they want to be anyway. They're battleshock immune. It's, uh, Go ahead, Lee. I was going to say it's a really strong ability. If you compare that to some of the battleshock abilities we have in KO, which is like reroll battleshocks if you're in enemy territory or something, just to be complete battleshock immune. Yeah, play with the objectives on 12 inch. So that's a 24 inch bubble around an objective. Uh, where you that's where you want to be anyway. So fantastic. Um, the command ability is what makes this sub faction so good. Skull breakers and oath takers. It's the name. The name is just fantastic. Let's be honest. Uh, you can use it at the start of the combat phase. This is important. So if it's your opponent's turn, uh, you have to wait with your start of the combat phase stuff when he's done. Pick one friendly Hermler Volkite or Hearthguard Berserker unit. We all know which one we're going to pick. 
uh, Holy Within 12, again, everything is Holy Within 12 or Harmed or Hero. You're, any, you're Holy Within 12 anyway for the buffs and for the uh, Lords of the Lodge Battalion ability. That unit fights at the start of the combat phase. And now comes the important part before the players pick any other units to fight with in that combat phase. So this happens before you pick, meaning in your turn, I go first, start of combat phase, I use this command ability, I fight. Then it's my turn. Now, now other units get picked in a normal order. Oh, it's my turn. It's my, because uh, it's, I'm playing my turn. So I'm, I'm eligible to activate again. Oh, wait, I have this Lords of the Lodge battalion. Ah, oh, they can fight again. Ah, oh, same unit, fight again. So you activate twice in a row without any uh, interference from the opponent in your turn. It, it completely supersedes any other ability. Most abilities. Yes. Is there the, only, the only way is if a unit yes. has something uh, like always strike first and it's their turn. Then they will right. do it first before you do it. Or yes. if they use the command ability from the realm of Hish in their turn. I'm not familiar with the what the wording is exactly, but it has yeah. to be because the the most recent trumps. So, for example, eels, uh, uh, eels with the um, tide thing. Basically, that is triggered at the start of the round of the third round. You're you're triggering this start of combat phase, so it's the most recent. You will fight before the eel. Even in their turn, but you need to spend a command point for that. This is where the phrasing for activation wars comes from. Yeah, because it's a very complicated thing. When does what? And I'm I'm happy that we're kindly like kind of moving away from that. But because these Hermdar is almost the best. They almost always trump this. From a KO perspective, it's not going to come into things much because you're not going to be trying to. But just keep in mind, like even in your turn, they can say, oh, I'm going to activate first and uh, hit you. And then they can activate again. And now they're in range of your ship or whatever. Or they can charge your ship and activate before you drop the bombs. Yes. Or, yep. yeah. uh, in their turn. Oh, yeah, if you charge your ship, it's your turn. Yeah, because they charge the ship, yeah. So oh, no, the bomb, bombs go first. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so the important thing to know is in your turn, the bombs will go first in their turn, they'll activate first. Well, in their turn, and, you're not. And if you're playing them, yeah, so say it's also with the um, the once per game, always strike first in your combat phase. So, yeah, yeah it costs uh, a command point, but that's every, anything they spend command points on because they don't need to put it on reroll once to hit because they have that rune. They don't need to put it on inspiring presence because they're Battleshock immune anyway. That's what they're using their command points for. This you, get extra, you get an extra command point when you take Lords of the Lodge because this synergizes yeah. just so well with Lords of the Lodge. So you've already got a bonus one. So maybe first round, nothing happens. So you have that one too. So you're sitting on freeze. And now the tunneling comes in from the Rune Smiter. You're going to tunnel 20 guys on top with the Rune Smiter. So with a hero in the middle on the two objectives, say, okay, come and get me. If you attack me, I'm going to strike first with this command ability. So if you're looking at this from a KO perspective, you're like, okay, great. So Lords of the Lodge lets you fight twice. Hermdar lets you fight first. Big deal. I'm not going to be in combat with you. I'm going to be exactly. flying high. I'm, right? I'm going to be flying high. I'm going to disengage. I'm going to stay you know, so far away from you and shoot. But you look at the command trait for Hermdar. 
and you're like, oh crap, this is where the this is where it's going to hurt the most from a KO perspective, in my opinion. Obviously, Skull Takers and Oath Taker, Skull Breakers and Oath Takers is great, um, but this is where it's going to hurt Warrior and Dominant. Yeah, because they're likely minus one to hit from lookout, sir. Now the minus one to wound, and that hurts. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so the, if you want to target the if you want to target the heroes, they're going to be minus two. But even if you're like, okay, I'm going to be a crazy, I'm going to be a crazy guy and go after the Hearthguard Berserkers, they're also minus one to wound as well. Everything in that bubble, twelve inch, and you 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 see this army moves in bubbles, <laughs> or in one main bubble and then some side people doing their business. Um, and this is now we said before the hero you want to kill. Okay, he's either hiding behind a wall. He's uh, plus one save from the from the stand from Mikan. He's reveling once to save from the wall. Now he's minus one to hit from the lookout, sir, because there's Oryx nearby. He's minus one to wound because either he's the general or he's in range of the general. And, half and the then damage. on the four, on the four plus half of the damage gets thrown to the Oryx. Yeah. And now those five wounds for heroes are very tanky. And if they you think very hard to shift. If you want minus to... two is such a good debuff. Because there's a lot of hitting buffs, but there's very few wounding buffs in the in the game, generally. And so this you... is fantastic. And oh, it works for shooting and combat, both. I'll shoot the the Auric half guard first. Well they're minus one to win as well now. Yeah. And they're probably also plus one safe, so they're on a four plus. Yeah. But yeah, um my so when facing Harmdar, my main go-to or target priority would be Oryx. When they're less than three Oryx, maybe start shooting the hero, because then it's only four, four wounds left, and they don't give Lookout Sir anymore. Mm-hmm. And then heroes, heroes, heroes. And the, the general is the one to kill first, because that minus one to wound has such a big effect all on all of you shooting. So if you can pick him out first, great. It uh, Max, is that generally going to be... So if you were playing sort of a Hermdar Lords of the Lodge list with lots of hearth cards, which is a typical, you know, mm-hmm. army build that you're going to see, it, is the battles, is the uh, Rune Smiter or the Battlesmith typically going to be the general? Uh, the Rune Father from the battalion because he makes hearth card battle line. Well, there you go. He's, he's, the, he's the general. And that can, in, as you said, that can be also one on a magma droth. Do you? Is that something that would typically be on a magma droth? You could do it on magma droth because then magma droth has a much bigger base. So now this aura is much bigger and moves faster, right? It moves faster, but yeah, it and uh, now he has 14, 14 wounds instead of six or seven wounds or what he has. Uh, there you go. Now he has 14 wounds. He doesn't get the Auric uh, wound truck because he's on a Magma Dove. He doesn't get that. But he can have a Magma Dove trait, which is like engine works for Magma Doves. Mm-hmm. He can have uh, Ignore One Rend. Um, he gets the the save buffs anyway. So yes, um, both, both is, both is uh, effective to do. On Magmadrov or not, um, the problem I think is the price you pay for the Magmadrov 
it's not as good in combat as you expect a, a big fire breathing dragon to be. There's trade-offs uh, there, right? So it's a bit... Uh, I mean, they're cool. They're good against hordes because they have like a... They do more mortal wounds the more you uh, people are in the unit they attack. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're that good. Uh, at least not, not in Hermdor. In Lofnir, maybe, yes. Mm-hmm. If you buff them correctly. But the main reason would be to have more wounds on the hero. To make him and a bit a more survivable. And a bigger base, yeah, for buffs. And then maybe late game, okay, he has a 12-inch move with the Magwardroff. Just run onto an objective. And he, if there's like a 5, five like 10, 10 Arcanauts, yeah, maybe between shooting and attacking, uh, a Rune Favre on Magwardroff can take out 10 Arcs. He should be, should be able to clear those. Um, so moving on to the artifact of power, which is yeah, the artifact you have to take, you give it to the room farver because he has the the better attacks. Um, he can reroll wound rolls. Okay, great. Uh, if he targets an enemy hero, so okay, when he fights a hero, he can do that. In addition, uh, when he fights a hero and the uh, the hit roll is a six, he gets one extra mortal wound. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice, it's a nice yeah, artifact. It's nothing broken. You have to take it. But okay, give it to him. Now it's he can bad. fight. He can fight your your grudge bearing uh, master. So to summarize, Hamda, would we say that the reasons fire size are taking them is for the command trait and the command ability, and then the the ability is ability is a great bonus. It's but it's not it's, necessarily the all no, but it's not just a nice to have. It's a very nice to have. <laughs> um, and then the artifact of power is just like, well, I have to take yeah. this. It's- you take it. It's not bad. Okay. Tax artifacts go. It's a good one, really. It's, it's it is a tax because if I had the choice, I would not take take it and take something else from the, the generic list because there are mm-hmm. better ones. But okay. some tax artifacts, other books have got it's in the yeah. It's okay. Uh, from a KO point of view, we're saying the command ability probably <clears throat> isn't that significant because yeah. if we're in combat with them, it's gonna you've done something wrong already. Um, you're already having a bad time if you're in combat with Hermdar Hearthguard Berserkers, right? So the worst thing for us is the command trait, and yes. then the battleship ability just makes things they're already makes it hard. harder. You cannot shoot like bodies off and hope for a battle shock. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about that um battleshock community is because it's enemy territory is if they've got the rune smiter then they tunnel him and mm-hmm. then they come up in enemy territory or onto an objective. Well that's the thing. If they pop up with a rune smiter with Hearthguard, then there's just the minus one to hit from lookout sir. Yeah there's no offer no other safe to that hero. So he's an easier target so mm-hmm. to say unless they 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 use it to pop up in the middle and then move the rest up from behind and then he's in the all the auras mm-hmm. which is can also be a, a valid play um and then the second target would be the general for the um uh, command trait uh, but to get to him probably you have to shoot through some orics mm-hmm. so so let's so- look Lee, like oh, you were saying, 
the ability is not just nice to have, it's really, really nice to have. And generally why you're taking Hermdar is not for the command trait, but for the command ability. But against Caradron, the command trait is the 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 killer for us, right? Oh, but well, like, make no mistake, also in if you're facing a melee army in combat, all your all your Hearth cards are so much more tanky because now they're also minus one to wound. On yeah. things that make you win the game. Yeah, so uh, it's just that no, that's I'm... the thing. The minus one to wound is shooting and melee, and so yeah, Hermdar is overall, if you pay, go to a tournament, is a good choice to play. They're minus one to wound near the things that give you the four plus shrug, but they're battle shock immune. <laughs> the things that make you win the game so no matter where you are you're whether you're on the objectives or you're near the source of your insanely durable defensive buffs you get more defensive buffs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the prickly is the uh, problem uh so let's look at an example list yes so this uh, is a list uh i think first seen by Charles Black, I think is the name, at uh, CanCon 2020. He did very well with this list. Uh, it was a bit different because we still had Realm artifacts at the time, and the points were a bit different. But basically, the, the, the main idea is this. So uh, this is a double battalion list. And this is, uh, I think, a very smart take um, because it gives you free drops. It's a, a free drop list. A lot of wounds. We see 132 wounds. Keep in mind that 80 of those wounds have a four plus feel no pain. <laughs> so you could add another 80 on yeah. top of the whole 132. So even if you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to shoot through that, that's a lot of shots you need to, to mow through 200 plus wounds. Um, so uh, we have seen Lords of Lodge Battalion. So we have the Room Master, we have the Room Favor, the Battlesmith, and one unit of Hearth Guards. The, um, the, the Prayer of Ash, is that the Run and Charge that's one? A, no, that's the plus one safe. Plus one safe. What was the name of the Run and Charge one? The Ember Storm, which has the Rune, uh, Runem Seater, as you called him. <laughs> we got another one. We found it. We found it. Just yeah, there was my Runes. Yeah, uh, well, he's... we also have a run father. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... No, that's, that's not the one that gives run and charge. That would have been so good if that was the character. That um, gave he can the rune father. I think in another in another the sub faction he can actually give run and charge. No. Um, <laughs> no, actually the one on foot. Uh, he can give add one to charge rolls. That's what he can do. Is that your uh, Arcanaut Admiral Aethercast uh, Stein? Did you show that off yet? That's amazing. That's so good. I love that. Is it? Uh, I asked Max last time and I've forgotten. Is it a Kaug or Kraug? Kaug. That's it. Officially. Is the. Around. Around. Um, around the, the the fall in America, there are lots of local. Oh, there's my daughter. <laughs> there <Really>? are lots <laughs> of, in, around in the fall time. There are lots of Oktoberfests around the country in America, and I just cringe at the fact, <laughs> like compared <laughs> to the great Oktoberfest that there are in Germany. <laughs> yeah, no, we had we had to cancel last year's, and 
probably cancel this year too, but the year after. So back to back to fire slaves. We have uh, so room master, battlesmith, and room father all in the Lords of the Lodge with one Earthcut Berserkers, but the room father is not the general because we have this smart second battalion, the Forge Brethren, which consists of a uh, rune smiter and three units of five Auric Hearthguard. Now, it is important that the rune master in this case is the general because he makes Auric Hearthguard battle line. Nice. Fantastic. Um, that's why he's the general. And he'll stand in your backfield, like in the middle, in the center, so that he, he has the command trait. Uh, it's not no problem that he has it. Um, then we have as a third, the third drop is then another unit of 20 Hearthguard. So those are your bruises. One will probably deep strike with the Rune Smiter. One is from the Lords of the Lodge, so he'll stay close to those heroes for the second pylon. And then you have uh, the Oryx to protect and shoot um, from behind. Uh, it is important that five Oryx, they have 11 shots. So this is 33 shots. This is something that takes people by surprise. Like they face a, a melee Fire Slayer army and whoa, there's a lot of shots coming at them. Now, like I said before, they're basically funders. They're, uh, they're funders, yeah. Like so this is 50 funders. 50 funders. Yep. Um, then we have also the fireball. Uh, we talked about that. It's forty points. So yeah, fantastic. We have two two priests in the list that can they can try to bring it up. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what the Forge Brethren Battalion does in this is quite cheeky. In the enemy hero phase, start of the enemy hero phase. So this is they they are doing something in your turn, which is what very few very few um, armies can do. Actually. I think it's important for fire slaves as well because actually a lot of their buffs they have to activate. Yes. So, so even if they opt to not go first, this is something to do. And what it do, what it does, uh, is at the start of the enemy hero phase, you can pick one friendly unit wholly within 18 inch of any units of Auric Hearthguard from this battalion. If you do so, add one to save rolls for attacks that target that unit until the start of your next hero phase. So this is important because for two reasons. First, oh yeah, it's plus one save in your turn. So you're going first, fantastic. I'm going to give that unit plus one save already, like from the from get go. And if I get double turned, so your second, you're double turning me or oh, your second hero phase, I'm going to do this again. So now this unit has plus two because I haven't had a hero phase yet. You can stack this. So you can say, oh, I'm going to go first. Ah, now I'm getting double turned. Well, I'm going to make it very hard for you to to kill me, plus all the buffs that I put on yeah, uh, already in my in my hero phase, in my first turn. <clears throat> so now you have <laughs> 20 Hearthguard Berserkers with possibly a uh, 5 plus, 4 plus, 3 plus, 2 plus, a 1 plus save, rerolling ones on the 4 plus, if you know, pain. Cool, huh? Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. Uh, it's... Uh, um, Personally, I've I've never looked at this battalion before because uh, Rune Smiter and Hearthguard are like, well, what is this? Uh, but if you combine it uh, in a way to get your battle line and low drops, you use the Rune Master to make the battle line and you use the Rune Smiter from the battalion, you want him anyway. He's always like an extra drop because he's so good, but he's not in no other battalion. Fantastic. And 40 Hearthguard are enough to like control the board and fight for objectives. 
Wait, I mean, if you come up against Port York, I've got, then, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's very clever. It's fantastic. It's doing very well um, all over the world. People have adapted it, maybe changed it a little bit. It gives you already, from the start, two command points, which you want for the uh, command ability. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it gives you the Nocidian icon, which you want. And it gives you an extra, um, extra artifact. What I think Charles used to have is the uh, the, the brooch, which gave you on a four. Each time you spent a command point, you could roll on a four plus, you get that command point back. Uh, Ether quartz brooch, I think it was called, which of course in a in an army where you spend command points, and getting them back was fantastic. Uh, I've chosen now to give the salamander cloak to the rune smiter which is a five plus uh, wound and mortal wound ignore. Okay. So, man, and I, I gave it to the rune smiter and not the rune master because it does not uh, stack with the oryx ability. And because the rune smiter, he's tunneling somewhere far away. He doesn't have a uh, hearth guard, uh, oryx hearth guard nearby. So that's a little protection for him. But he will tunnel with some half guard berserkers and he yeah. give them a four plus and then he have his own five plus. Um, uh, yeah, I believe it's a five plus. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Salam cloak. Uh, yeah, uh, five plus. Because the wording is the same as the ability from the Oryx, uh, it doesn't stack. Yeah. yeah. So, so how to how to tackle this? Um, three drops. So already. We can outdrop, or we have a, it's a 50-50 chance if you decide to go first or not. We have a deep strike, so they could possibly pin you in with uh, 20 hearthguards in your deployment. The five oryx, groups of five oryx, they can zone out the backfield, as we said before, and they can move on to an objective quite easily. Like a deep strike onto one objective, move on to the other, screen out their backfield, and they're scoring. Um, I would now we have a lot of oryx to pick off here I would if the rune smiter is on his own with hearth guards uh, because he gives them run in charge he, he would be one target mm -hmm. to take out so those 20 hearth guards that he tunneled somewhere uh, can be ignored maybe for the rest of the game because it's going to be hard to get them off objectives if they're already on an objective. Uh, but that that slows them down significantly. And then I'd go the same, take out uh, Oryx and uh, start picking off the other, the, the, other the, guys. The one thing about this list, though, is that the majority of the killing and staying power last within the Hearthguard Berserkers, and you know where they're going to be. They're going to be on the objectives because that's really the only thing that can reliably hold an objective. So in order to remove them, you have to remove the heroes. And I know it's a little bit of a just of a cliche, like just shoot the heroes. But at this point, you really have to target the heroes with the most impactful buffs. And then if they shrug them off to the hearth, the, the Auric Hearthguard, um, then, you know, so be it. But you really have to, it's, it's really just a matter of, target priority and order of operations, right? Yeah. You have to, um, the heroes are giving out the bubbles of buffs and the Auric Hearth Guards are the ones protecting them. So you start at the heroes and if that trickles down to the Hearth Guards, so be it. But if you try to put damage into the Hearth Guard Berserkers, 
then it's really just wasted output in in my yeah, opinion definitely i agree um so we said before it depends on the battle plan if you have scorched earth, for example fantastic so, so you can it, go and pick out and fly around if your places of arcane power or shifting objectives you're gonna have a hard time all battle plans where everything is like in the center everything's happening in the center in a big mosh pit in the center you can just fly around <laughs> on each side and try to shoot off but it's it's gonna be hard um my suggestion would also be like try to isolate the hearth gods and just ignore them so them it, the uh, the thing that i always try to to think about when i'm setting up in a game other than you know you know trying to get a little bit of uh, insight into my opponent, their personality quirks, and maybe how that might translate to the table is the fact that there's these three intersecting lines. There's the care, the care drone overlords army line, the, um, you know, fire slayers or the, the opposing armies, but then also the battle plan. And in this case, you know what your army can do. Hopefully now, you know what fire slayers can do. And it really all depends on where both of those interact or intersect with the battle plan. Like you said, so wherever that sort of those three lines play with each other, obviously, if it's a hero centered mission, then you know what you have to do. If it's a mission that gives bonuses to battle line, like, say, shifting objectives, like you mentioned, Max, then you you know how that's going to interact with with your abilities. It really just depends. And it's it, it's hard to say, it's you know difficult to say, but, you know, it really is very dependent on the battle plan and being able to take in the information that your opponent is giving you or that you already know, hopefully, about the enemy's army, its strengths, its weaknesses, but then how that interacts with the battle plan is really key to victory with really playing any carriage on Overlord's Force and being able to sort of take in all that information, chop it up, and then, you know, sort it out is going to be key. Yeah, so this list he has, basically has two centers of power projection. He has a two big units of Herker Berserkers. So he will be in two places. If the battle plan allows you to be in more than two places, fantastic. Then you're going to win on those. Like, go where you can win the battle. Move your, and KO can do this fantastically, move your entire army where you can project your power and have an advantage. Because if he's sitting 20 fully buffed Herker Berserkers on an objective for two rounds okay they scored him points but what else did they do it's, why a, bit, it's a bit of a shame it's a waste of hearthguard berserkers if you just sit around you know why slam your head against a hearthguard berserker shaped brick wall when you can just go to another area where they're not projecting no, power don't. because everything with the fire slayers is everything is so concentrated everything is so so everything is holy within 12 <laughs> everything is in that 24 inch bubble so certainly some battle plans are going to lend themselves to that play style. Shifting objectives, you know, you've got, he's got two super concentrated black holes of killiness and tankiness. Well, you either need to be on the other one that he can't be on, or just have to know that you've got an uphill battle, which is, which is, you know, perfectly acceptable. But if you're playing on scorched earth, where there's eight objectives at play at all times, then you know you're going to know that that's equally in your in you know in your favor. So just understanding the weaknesses that you have and your strengths, and then their weaknesses and their strengths, and then how that intersects with the battle plan. Are there a couple battle plans that you think that this 
Uh, Hermdar Lisp in particular would be maybe not as strong other than Scorched Earth. And anything with more than four Three. objectives. So also the I, ones with also the ones with four like total conquest or total commitment. Those are you can play them well. The worst thing you can do to fire slayers is make their units run into one direction with their small move, and then make them run back. Yeah. I often had that with like I had Volkites in my in my army list. What they did first two runs, they move forward because they wanted to attack. Ah shit, something's coming behind, and I move them back. So four turns out of five, they were just running forward, running backward, not doing nothing. And that's the, the worst, because that's just a waste of their abilities. <clears throat> and that's the what I said about kiting. Like, Ty, okay, I'm going to set up here. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to threaten this objective. Okay, they're going to send one unit over there. Make sure you're out of threat range. So they, they maybe hope for a double turn or like, I'm going to get there now, get it back. Ah, you're coming over here with all your force? Oh, okay, I'm going to go to your side of the battle plan. Let's play there. Obviously, you need to try to score at some point. But that's, I mean, that's a typical KO problem. We probably score most of our points in the late game, in the last round, when we shot off the enemy or, like, liberated ourselves from them. Um, now, we're painting a very dark picture. Oh, they're so tanky. They're so indestructible. Once... The heroes are gone. Even Hearthguard Berserkers, they fall apart. Because now the buffs are gone, the minuses to wound are gone, to, uh, the, the wall is gone, the damage prevention wall is gone. Now it's a, a 5 plus 6 plus, which we, all our weapons have rent, so it's a 6 plus 6 plus, two wounds. Okay, we can, we can take them. And Max, exactly what you're saying is something that, um, that I've learned from some of the best, you know, competitive tournament players is that that ability to have sort of a, a mental toughness to have a positive mental attitude. I see so many, you know, players that either play KO or play against KO. And they're like, Oh, well, the game is over by turn two. The game was over by turn one. I gave up. I conceded or he conceded. He gave up. And it's, it, 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 you're, if it's so hard to win when you've already given up mentally, even if you haven't, seated on the tabletop if you're like well it's her it's 40 hearthguard how do i kill that that's i can't kill that that's impossible but if you just concentrate your mental energy and your your and everything into how can i win how what's my path to victory here and then taking steps to put yourself in a position to maximize that that's how you're going to win you, if you have a defeatist attitude, well, oh, I've, the internet says that 40 Hearthguard Berserkers are just unkillable and they kill everything. It's just, it's it's something that's not conducive. If you think, okay, how I'm going to win is I'm going to slowly pick apart the edges of their army until all their mm -hmm. super reliable, you know, so they're, they're, they're super dependent on these characters and on these, these points on the battlefield. If I remove those, then the rest of their army crumbles. You know, you have to say, well, I have to push through to turn two, turn three, turn four. And at that point, it's time management. It's making sure your turns are fast so you can get to turn four, turn five score points. That's how you're going to win. But being able to push through maybe that adversity the first couple of turns is where you're going to shine. Definitely. I, I completely agree. Um, so it, I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> to play against Pharisees for all the reasons that we highlighted. It's not impossible. 
we maybe we have better chances than our armies because we can reach those heroes from a safe distance. We can reach those oryx. Uh, we can try to kill them. It will take some turns, but it just takes a double turn at the of a opportune time. Boom! You're going through them. You're at the heroes. You're killing the heroes. You're bombing. You're ramming them. Whatever. Okay. Now those. Now it's hearthguards. They're gonna hit. Their output is not much reduced without heroes. But now they're they will. You can start chipping away. They're gonna lose two, three, four bodies. And then you can start maybe outscoring them on objectives or, you know, just ignoring them and letting them where they are. Four inch move. They're gonna take three turns to get to the other side. The thing is with KO against Fire Slayers, it's interesting how the two armies are both Duarden. They're both, you know, Duarden based, but they're so diametrically opposed in their in their strengths and weaknesses. Whereas KO are just so fragile on sort of a, obviously, you know, the Ironclad has 18 wounds and a three up save reroll, you know, but in general, Caradron Overlords are so fragile and there's so few body count, but the movement is so incredibly, you know, almost infinite where with fly high and all these mm -hmm. other movements, but fire slayers are the opposite. They have such concentrated, tankiness but their movement is so dependent on these small bubbles as you said these these concentric yeah. bubbles. So they're both duarden based but they play so differently and, and that's great fire slayers need to really plan ahead where they want to go in this combat so which is already when you see where they deploy you know where they're going because mm -hmm. they're not going to deploy in this corner and go to the other side that's not possible with them they're going to deploy like in front of the objective they want to head for. They, it's no secret. They say, I'm going to go there. And if I reach that, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to score it for five turns. I'm going there. So either you can block them or delay them, like put a gun horror in front of them. OK, let them charge the gun horror. Destroy the gun horror. OK, it just bought you around if you have. Maybe you can spare it. Free engine rigors, whatever, roadblocks. Put something behind them. So maybe they think, oh, maybe I should move backwards like to protect my heroes. Maybe send one unit of Hearthguard or Volkites or something to that direction. Um, it's the whole, like, make them go where you not want to go, slow them down, and there, I mean, KO, we all know it is, you need to be very careful where to go and how to apply because we are very fragile, as you said. Fire Slayers, they just, I want to go there because I need to go there. I can't go anywhere else in this in this battle. I'm going there, and I, I want to go through, head through the wall. I'm going to go there. Um, so yeah, it's it's possible. Obviously, there's some luck involved, dice running involved, turns involved, but fire slayers are a sledgehammer. Caradron overlord, yeah. Fire slayers are very straightforward. I'd say. No offense, right. I'm a fire slayer player myself. I started playing competitively with fire slayers. It's a good army to get into the game to like get the mechanics. Okay, I'm gonna move forward. I'm gonna fight. It's very forgiving. Yeah, let you miss. You misplace something. Oh, oh, I got charged now. I forgot. Okay, you're gonna survive that. You're gonna come back from that. Um, when I started playing Caradron, I was like, "Wow, everything is so fast in this army!" Like, yay, what's happening? Like, oh, I can jump there. Oh, I can jump there. Oh, what? I always run six. Oh, fantastic. 10 inch move with Orcanauts. <laughs> That's like a dream. Uh, so yeah. But this is a, uh, coming back to a list, this is a like 
you will encounter if you go to a bigger tournament and there's a couple of fire slayer players this will be this or very similar to this will be one of the lists because mm. it's just so good it's a fantastic list <laughs> gary burstful's in the chat he's saying shoot the characters <laughs> there needs to be like a, a a switch where you could do that sort of like alternating caps lock lowercase my snarky internet personality is so much easier. <laughs> Gary, what is that picture? Is that some 40k corn? Yeah, something. Else. I'm disgusted, Gary. You should know it. Why is this okay. there's, there's two centers of power. So yep. if the battle plan has m m four or more centers of power, then you can just kite around scoring the other ones. If there's, yes. three, if there's three centers of power, then you go for the rune smiter and Hearthguard block with them because you can kill them and then you've got you can score the two centers of power where they score the one yeah and because uh, if it's like shifting objectives and the oryx are battle line mm -hmm. so if you can take those away and keep your battle line you score an extra point so maybe that uh, illegalizes the scoring um if you want to have a good example there is a Ooh. Um, there was a tournament coverage, was it Sheffield Slaughter? I'm not sure. Uh, where it's Fire Slayers against KO, <clears throat> and it's a battle plan. I don't remember which one it is, but it has four four objectives. I think it was maybe. Total Conquest, maybe uh, the old version. And you can see the KO player, he lost in the end, I think, against Fire Slayers, but he did it so well about just ignoring one big block mm -hmm. and he just jumped around the other ones, continued to score. Not engaging, uh, fantastic. I think it's on the the honest war game is YouTube. If you want to have a look at that, uh, where did the, the the coverage one just search for uh, carriage on fire slayers and they'll probably come up. The difficult uh, thing is they can leave potentially two of those or a half guard units zoning space somewhere. Um, yeah, well, zone, zoning is always a bit difficult because they want to still be within three inches of a hero because that's their job mm -hmm. protect the heroes so yeah, that's already either you leave the hero behind but then he's out of buff range so he, the heroes need to keep up with the the main force so these need to keep up but they're always like a buffer from behind like yeah. this is where zilfin move would come in very handy so nine inches away from the oryx okay now i can move in closer and shoot my 12 inch guns Mm -hmm. at the hero for example primarily well, mornar a fire slayers matchup just seems like even though your navigators aren't going to be having have moving anything being able to move your your concentrated place of power with your ironclad maybe some thunders inside or even some arcanauts inside but being able to because Hearthguard Berserkers get most of their movement from a charge roll, right? They're they're charging 2d6, so being able to have that, even if they do um, get to uh, move four and run and charge, being able to remove, being able to have their charge roll is fantastic. And then, like I said, I I play a lot of my games with the Realm Scourge Rupture, so being able to physically block space, but then also have move um, there. Mm -hmm. is, so I think from a Mornar centric perspective. I would feel confident as long as the rest of my play army mechanics versus army mechanics. I would feel very good about this, this game. Zilfin would be, I think would be probably a harder matchup because you're, you're 
you know, being able to get the jump on your, you're not worried about being able to get the jump on, on Hearthguard Berserkers. They want you to, to get as close as you can. Right. But um, so yeah, just so, some more ramblings from a, a KO maniac over here. The, the point I was trying to make was if you try and kite around, say there's four objectives and they can sit on two, if they can sit at one unit of orc half card on the third, on a third, then that zones you out of flying high onto it. So you're if you're saying that you want to kite around and pick up, like score the objectives they're not on, because they've got three units of those orc half guard, effectively they only need one of them to be with the the half guard berserkers and the heroes. Yes. Ideally they would probably want to have more because then they've got Yes, yes. And again, don't yeah. underestimate there's shooting coming out of those. Yeah. They're not just like for beauty standing yeah. around. They're they actually they can do some damage. And can ask a good range. So can yeah. ask a great question in the chat. If you're playing Zelfin with Grudge Bearer, who do you who do you grudge in this list? In this list, probably the Rune Master. An engine has the trait. A Zilfin engine master with dirigible suit with a grudge bearer, like the the most you know, the most potential damage output against one, one hero. Who would you go for? The room master. Because with Grudge Bearer, yeah, right? Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. double damage. It might even be like it might even be a good tactic to just pump all the shots into the room master because he then they will double. The damage will double for him. Uh, if because if you start shooting the the your ender master into the hearthguard which are nearby the room master, he's gonna, only gonna do one damage. But okay, half of them he's gonna throw off, but that's still then you're killing both with all those shots. Uh, a so, a flat yeah, I go, I'd probably go on the room master because that command trait minus one to one is so annoying. It's just so annoying for for Cardron. I mean, just, oh. I, 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 any kind of anytime you can just remove a 17% difference effectiveness in what, whether it's hit or wound, a flat minus one to wound just in this giant bubble is just so effective, right? And also he is the source of the prayer of Ash, the plus one save. So that's another reason to get rid of him. Yeah. He's he's standing next to the uh, the forge so he can give out uh, the, like activate it to get prayers, to make prayers better. So he's a, like the army will function without him but he's a good force multiplier. So if you can reach him and get him, do it. He's he's one of the two who can put out the fireball. So yeah, two as well. Uh, if you re- reduce uh, priests, then that firewall um, is not coming out that often. And yeah, basically. Yeah, the the rune master and the rune smiter, those two. And then I was okay, maybe go for about to get rid of warrior and dominant. You have to make sure that you understand that the rune smiter is going to be there probably with a with a run and charge. Yeah. Rune smiter, because when he tunnels up, he has not used the run and charge yet. Right. And he has not used the reroll all wounds and anything on those. So yeah, shoot him, but maybe with something that has long range. <laughs> so like Indian League is 24 inch or something because uh, if you go too close, then those 20 Earth God, which are tunneled up with him, they're just going to wreck you. Do you give this army first turn and allow it to get that four inch movement closer to the objectives, or do you try to set yourself up 
like anticipate, like bank on you getting double turned, but then setting yourself up to minimize the damage that that double turn can do to you. What would you, you know, what, if you had the choice, what would you, if I had the choice, um, personally, what is there to gain from going first? Okay. You go on to, you get onto the objectives and score. I think there's a case okay. to be made if you go first but, that you can bait them. If you can drop into, say, the corner of their deployment and bait them into moving away from the objectives, because if you wait until they're on the objectives, you won't bait them off, because that's... Probably not. That's another um, thing. So like, going, going first, you will not, if they're smart, you, you're not going to reach those heroes. If you're, you're going to reach them, but you're going to be so close, it's it's dangerous. Remember, they can six inch move if they want. But this is the thing: is you put them in a position where if they move towards you, they're moving away from the objectives. Yeah, it depends. Have, it depends on the deployment, obviously. But yeah. uh, if I can, if I can like deployment. be on the side and pull them away, yeah, sure. If you can but, bait um, them, go first, bait them to move away from the objectives. Because ah, that's difficult. Because if they put all those buffs up, oh, that's an all. You need them. In then that's an all strategy. Yeah, it's the least strategies. Like <laughs> someone who hasn't played a game in two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like all these super complicated. If you pull them off, and then you put a gun over here. And you you pull them off. Your house for like a year and a half. Finally, gets out to a big event. Has a couple of beers. See all their see all of their tournament online friends after a year and a half, and then you're saying, "Oh yeah, turn one. Just go ahead and just put your after you've been waiting to play Warhammer for a year and a half. You finally put your army in, you know, right in front of a forty first card berserker." <laughs> yeah. Um. The thing is, like, put them in put it in the corner. As you said, Lee, put the boats in the corner to bait them off. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll just ignore you anyway and go forward. If they ignore you anyway, then you've just got a round of shooting where they don't attack you. Yeah, you got a round of shooting, which is not doing that much damage, which you can probably survive. Remember, if it's your turn, they're giving plus one save to one of their... And it's all yeah. about trying to get to the late game. So if you can do a couple of wounds to their five wound heroes, sure, you probably didn't remove their heroes on turn one. And then you take a couple of more on turn two. And then maybe you finish them off on turn three. Turn four and five is where you're earning your bread and butter against this army. Um, so the, the, another argument against giving away first is with how deep deployments are often. If you give them first turn, they will move their hearth cuts, which are basically their screen. They're their screen, their anvil, and their hammer all in one forward. So it makes it, then probably you won't reach the heroes anymore, only with like 24 inch guns. So yeah, if you if you see an opening, if you see like the possibility to take one uh, out or two heroes, maybe yeah. But then remember, you're going first. You don't know where those twenty hearth gods and the smiter are yet. No, that's and the... then boom. Oh, hello, here we are. I think again, again, like I'm thinking about it from a lot of the lists that I've been writing lately. As a again, as a mornar centric player like i'd be really tempted to take first turn if i had the choice which a lot of my lists i or if i was given first turn which a lot of people are going to be terrified of a caradron overlord's first turn so i feel like maybe 
are this list would be tempted to give me first turn, which would sort of play into my hands and be a sort of a sneaky underhanded Mordor thing to do because a lot of the lists I've been writing have either been just a lot of shooty engine riggers where I can deploy way back, but then still reach their heroes, no matter how far away they are, because I can move 12 run six and then still shoot with 24 inch guns or with, uh, um, you know, flare pistols and aether golds or, um, if I was given first turn, be able to set up my Realm Scourge Rupture and then focus everything else somewhere else. So, again, it all depends on how uh, Games Workshop views what the meaning of instead of means. Can I can I redeploy, get first turn, fire off uh, an endless spell, and then fly high somewhere else? I don't know. Um, <laughs> do you? Leave, uh, leave an opinion in the comments. <laughs> um, but uh, um, so I think just thinking about this from a lot of the lists from a Mornar centric, I would be tempted to take first turn, maybe roll the dice a little bit and see if I can't roll a, a roll a six, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Catch, it, catch a first player, need, player on their back. Foot, if you go first, not. then you need to be safe that you're not going to char get charged or like in their double turn. Because which, which, yeah, if which they get to the boats, oh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, of course. The boats, it's tough. Yeah. So there's but a yeah. thing you could do in Zilfin, which you could take first turn, put up the warp lightning vortex, um, which I know obviously half of it's not going to work because it's an Elsidian icon, and then fly high your ship back somewhere else, mm. and but leave some stuff there in their in somewhere in their battle plan so it's not like it's big i think the, the trick with baiting is it's got to be enough that they think it's worth it but you know if you if they take the bait that is not so bad for you or it seems like you leave the ship and you leave all your your units are elsewhere scoring points and then they go for the ships and then they realize that they've actually moved away from the objectives yeah. but it depends on the battle plan because that's a risky strategy, so that's one you want to do where there's only really two objectives, or there's more objectives, but they're only constant like something like focal points. There's five objectives, but they're all concentrated in one place. So mm, yeah, focal points is a dream scenario for a fire slayer. Yeah. Just gonna uh, sit on three or four of them and do different. Yeah. So it'd be one where I where where you think I don't think kiting's gonna work or I can't pick off one of these mm. units and then control two of the points, that's when you, you're going to have to do something risky. I think I would actually like to play Fire Slayers and Focal Points because they're not going to be able to move in a blob. Like they, If they want to be able to score the maximum number of... They um, just need to score three. Well, they can sit, right. they they just need to sit on the middle one and the two back ones. That Car scores them Car four points. Yeah, Caradron get right. points for Behemoth, so... Yeah, you get three points for the other twos with a oh, Behemoth. Is that, is that a battle line and Behemoth mission and focal points? No, it's just Behemoth and Monster. Behemoth and Monster. So I think I would actually like to play because, yeah, so they can sit on their back too, but if they want to go for that middle one... the center one, one. they're going to tunnel on the middle one. That's theirs. Boom. No, no, no discussion. And then they're going to sit on the other twos, string out the other unit, and in the middle is all the heroes. So they have that triangle where you just sit in there. You can score the other twos or jump around, start shooting, but they're scoring four points, four points, four points, four points. For two for three rounds, you're not gonna catch up. Yeah. 
it's because everything's in the middle of the battlefield. That's where where they they love that because everything's close by, fantastic. Everything's nice and cozy and warm and fiery. They hate the ones where everything's like spread out on that corner and that corner and that corner. The weird diagonal ones where I think it's total conquest is the one, which is like weird diagonal total commitment. Those total commitment is one they don't like because they don't. They, the rune smiter cannot be in reserve. Mm -hmm. First thing. Then it's like they can cover two, but they're very far apart, so they cannot buff both blocks. So okay, then they need to run all across the board, like diagonally, to get to another objective. Why it's like everything is strung out, so you can actually pick your fights, which is I think that's a would be a good one to face them. I, okay, point, I, retract um, my, I, I retract my initial my initial uh, uh, <laughs> point there. <laughs> no, but I mean. If, in hand it's fire slayers are so good at what they do that it really is comes down to the battle plan and how quickly you can analyze how your army their army and the battle plan intersect where does it where where's the where's the meeting point right between those yep. three those three those three lines where's the z-axis and then you'll be able to it really comes down to a processing of information mm -hmm. yeah you pick it you you work it out and you go is this in my favor if i do x y or z and then if it's not and then you, there isn't another thing you can do it's then when you have to start thinking right is there anything risky i can do because yeah. if there's something you can't do that's safe to win the game then that's when you've got to start taking risks i mean if there would be a safe solution to just like play this game and win it calculated calculate risks right <laughs> Would be a boring game. You gotta take. You gotta, you gotta pick your game. You can take a gamble. You can take a risk, but it's gotta be. It's gotta not only be a, maybe a, a necessarily a decent chance of actually paying off, but it ha the payoff has to be worth it because the Fire Slayer's army is so resilient enough to be able to withstand even a even a a, a slightly negative outcome in their against them. Um, okay, so I think we've. Talked about sure. this and we're drawing on to three hours now and we still got <laughs> four stuff to talk about and another oh. home list so let's look at the next home list yeah this we this is a, a quick one this has even more wounds uh it's basically a reduced list that we've just seen this is like a classic classic home list what you would start building it okay i'm gonna take lords of the lodge and to wait 40 hearth cup berserker i'm gonna take the room farver as Battle line, okay, I need another battle line. 10 Volkites, they're your bread and, bread and butter fire slayers. Uh, I'd like to take the war picks and sling shields because the shields give them plus one safe if they didn't charge, and the war picks have brand. That's the whole reason. Uh, I'd like to take five Oryx just for to protect some of the heroes. And then I added uh, the rest of the points that you have available. Couple and the heroes from Lords of Lodge, and the rest of the points is just play around. I opted for a firewall because it's a good, good uh, invocation for forty points, and then uh, gun haulers to now introduce that super fast teleport movement. But I don't want the gun haulers like anywhere close to melee because that's what my hearthguards are going to do. So I gave them drill cannons. They can just for the two free rounds they're going to sit in the back, take uh, take out like small heroes. Key, key heroes in the enemy army, and then the last two rounds, they're going to jump around and score me the points. So, 
but it's seven drops. So yeah, that's a From a perspective, there's first of all there's less aura calf guard. Yep. So it's actually a more possible task to, to kill them. It's seven uh, drops, yeah. so you probably out drop if you're not going the route of like high drop KO lists. Um the gun haulers, I mean, we know what they can do and how much resilient. And these are gun haulers without gold. Mm -hmm. Bear in mind. So that's maybe you're a bit better prepared to fight those. And the rest is just the same as we discussed before. So first target would be the five oryx if you can reach them, because now your your heroes are the heroes here are much more vulnerable. And then the next one would be the rune father with the command trait and the battlesmith with the uh, plus one safe standard. The, depending on the battle plan and how they move things around, would you be tempted to target the gun holders? Uh, yes, if it's a battle plan with a lot of... Because uh, they would do the same as you do. Yes. So now they, they gain the same advantage that you have. Jumping around, teleporting, and a bit of shooting. Take that away. Okay, now you have the upper Depending hand. on your player list as well, they're doing it better because you might have... You could potentially only have two ships. You could have a gun yeah, holder. Very, very probable that you only have two ships, like an ironclad and a gun holder, maybe. You haven't got 50 bodies elsewhere holding them, <laughs> likely. Um, so yeah, you don't have 80 wounds sitting somewhere else. So which translates to mm -hmm. 160 wounds because of the four plus. <laughs> yeah, so you don't I, have them. I think in certain battle plans, there's a case to be made for targeting them early on just so that they can't go and take your back objectives or something. Yes, because we don't have enough units to like leave back and protect those as well. And with drill cannons, I mean, those are a effect to your heroes inside ships because on a five plus, they will do three mortals. So if you're lucky, they shoot both drill cannons, five and a six. Okay, six mortal wounds on your hero. On your chemist, he's dead. Mm. It's also like a psychological thing of frustrating them. Is that they like they want to be fighting with their half guard berserkers, and if you're just ignoring them, yeah, no, deny them fighting. In any case, with fire slits, just deny them fighting in melee because that's what they came for to do. Mm -hmm. You just say, "I'm not playing this game. I brought a gun to this knife fight. I'm just standing back here and shoot." And with with your KO, you kind of you want to put a, a large amount of your force in one place. And if they've got the threat to teleport, that means you have to dissolve that a bit. Because... Yeah, but it's just two models they teleport. So you yeah. probably out, like with free engine ringers, you're going to outscore them on an objective. But yeah. It just means... Yeah, they also have like the extra moves that gun hunters have, like everything that's on the war scroll they have. So yeah, it's I think it's a great uh, ally for fire slaves, mm -hmm. gun hunters. Or the other option you could do is instead of that, add three uh, engine riggers with long range weapons. So now it's four bodies that you can teleport onto an objective. Uh, so I've got a couple of questions. Uh, one ap applies to both this list and the, and the list before, which both have two units of 20 half guard. Which unit would you normally put in the battalion? Uh, usually I would put the pole axis, just because to get that double swing at the two extra mortal wounds on a six. Mortal okay. wounds are good against everything, right? For the most part, especially if you can. Yeah. So unless you're fighting against Archeon or anything that makes your reroll sixes, uh, pole axes, 
And the other reason is because broad access, they can do better on their own with the, like they are somewhere else fighting with the, with the RuneSmiter usually. They can like do shit on their, their own without needing all those extra buffs and rerolls on who knows what on fighting twice. Because with one rend and two damage, they can take out a lot. They probably do uh, mathematically do more damage. And then, so then I, I buffed the ones with Immortal Wounds like, to just get that double roll. On the previous list, I think it's fairly obvious that it would definitely be one of the units of half Guard Berserkers with the Runesmiter. Is it going to be the same case in this list? Uh, yes. And because then, it's just a mean a mean of movement. And then, so the Runesmiter is just there to get the 20s into position. So what in this list would the Volkite Berserkers normally be doing? Would they be, be, uh, would be sitting on an objective? Like what 10 Arcanauts do in my list? Did you sit somewhere all day? Or uh, screen? And I was kind run, of run forwards and then run backwards. <laughs> That's what they usually do. They run forwards and then run backwards uh, all game. That's I mean, what they, they never get into the fight. Are they, are they screening the twenty Hearthguard berserkers from the incoming uh, deadly. No, nah, they're screening the heroes from back because yeah, the, yeah. the oryx are in the middle with the heroes, and the volkers are just like a little half screen, like half against moon. against, against Caredrive overlords. They're protecting your corners from uh, from a, a fly high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just from deep striking, from summoning, from whatever. They're just in the back. Maybe, maybe they're maybe they're scoring two objectives. Turn one, if it's scorched earth, two or three objectives, and just getting those points. Um, yeah, I mean, you could no, you could not drop them because then you run out of battle line. Um, if you make one of the hearth gods like ten, you could invest in more oryx, for example. Uh, also, so there's some. This list or variants of this list are out there, but this is like a standard. Yeah. Maybe cookie cookie cutter lists. So two big blocks of fighty people and some other dudes. It sounds like they're normally just uh, uh, sitting somewhere or screening the back. Yeah. Okay. So they're they're okay in combat. They will like defend a defend a uh, objective. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think the way you approach this is similar to the last one, except for the the biggest Death Star is easier to dissect because there's less Oryx. Yes. And there's just the added complication of there's some teleporting. And they don't have that plus one save uh, in yeah. your phase in your yes. turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Matt, anything to add about this version of Hunter? The 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 two gun haulers with the drill cannons is a little bit of a sort of a wild card. Um, obviously, we know what they do, but they are so diametrically opposed to what the rest of the army does that it, you know, it really depends on the player. I feel like how do they see the gun haulers just as a couple of cannons, or do they see in in also the battle plan because. Can they just go off and so it? The gun haulers are a little bit. This list is a little bit more unpredictable in a in mm-hmm. a, an army that likes predictability and certainty. Um, so I'd almost like I'd almost rather face the low drop uh, super tough Hermdar than have a couple of gun haulers and me not knowing what the hell they're going to do or how the player is going to use them. 
Yeah. Which is yeah, why I said there's a you might, depending on the battle plan, want to target them quite early on because that takes away that unpredictability. Um and if you wanted to, if the player leaves it open, certainly um there are multiple ways to remove one gun hauler in one turn. Hmm. Yep. Okay, so let's move on. To the other the other launch which you might uh, encounter, and this is the the movement lodge. So this is all about being fast. Um, what you get from this from the start is plus one to charge. Fantastic. Yeah. Now your Volkerts have plus two, and he Hurfkart have a plus one. Uh, and in your movement phase in the first battle round, uh, you. Um, when you say you want to run, it's an automatic six. So it's like yeah. a first first round Zilfin. Zilfin, but with plus one to charge, basically. Yeah, but just in the first round. Oh, so yeah. this is all about this is all about first yeah. run getting there. Yeah. Then uh, we add the command ability. The command ability is quite good because it's a for your Volkites or Hearthguards. So basically the two combat units. Uh, you add one to hit rolls. So now your hearth guards are hitting on twos instead of threes. Fantastic. So again, Holy Weapon 12 has everything in this army. Uh, and uh, you cannot use it more than once per phase. So you cannot give like everything plus one. Uh, like you cannot use it to give plus two, plus three, plus four to hit. But it's. Uh, um, any any hearth guard, on, it's an aura buff. So any units wholly within 12 of this hero who uses it gets a plus one to hit. Great. So you could potentially target like two or three units with this. Uh, the command trait is um, where the, the f again, being fast comes in. Wholly within 12 of this model, um, this model at the start of the movement phase, you can run and charge. So now first turn, you're moving four, potentially six with the rune. You're automatically running six, and you can still charge with a plus one. Yeah. So, so they're going places now. Straight away. Goodly. Like I said, this does exactly sort of, it's charging rather than shooting, but it does sort of what you'd want, like a combined version of Mornar and Zilfin to do. Like you've got the the bonus to run and run and do something else ability in yeah, the same. Yeah, run and shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the artifact is just like a, a better rend on a weapon. And if it's a six, it's an extra damage. So it's again, it's like an, a nice combat artifact, but it's not. Matt, uh, what were you going to say? So basically, what I was going to say is that whereas if you take Vorstarg, you are sacrificing the um, the Actually, double pile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're no, the covering. Double, the double pile in comes from the battalion. I'm sorry. I meant the the fight first. Yes. You're you're side So it's what I was trying to say is it's speed for speed, in different senses of the word. So where uh, yes, and it's speed for output. Right, right. So where is in Hermdar? You, you, if you take Vorstarg, you're uh, not fighting first automatically, but you're covering more ground. So it it's it's um, it alpha bunkers so much better because you're not sacrificing tankiness. You're covering more ground. You get onto your objectives, and mm. whereas you're not battle shock immune on your objectives like Hermdar is, um, no. you still have that. In, 
even even though Hermdar is Battleshock immune on the objectives, Fire Slayers as a whole are not terribly worried about fleeing so the their main weakness is the fact that their movement characteristics is so low but this gets around that in a much more in a much more direct way hermdar is double piling in and a smart player can utilize that to her advantage vorstar because Vor, vostarg i'm sorry i hate i hate when play i hate when people say ziflin i can't <laughs> stand it like i'll listen to like a talk about KO and they call it Zifflin for three hours. So I'm going to try not to call it Vostarg. <laughs> uh, Vostarg uh, uh, gets around their slow movement characteristic in such a direct way. Where they yeah. So it, it really is a little bit more simplistic, but in a very, but in a way that's going to catch players off guard. If you're not, if you don't know exactly what it is, if you're like, okay, Fire Slayers, Hearthguard Berserkers, Tankiness, got it. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, they just moved <laughs> 12 inches in a turn. And yeah, and I have no idea how that happened. You're going to have so, a bad yeah. Here, Here in this one, it's it seems that it's all about like first turn charges because the ability is all about the first turn. So you, you could potentially cover 13 inches plus 2d6 for an alpha charge which on most battle plans, which are like 18 to 21 point something apart, they can get into your lines if you deploy on the front line, which thankfully Cardon don't tend to do. They just hide in the corner. Uh, but the run and charges is always there. So this is just something to keep in mind. It makes them so much faster to react to situations. Oh, you've, you're, we are over there and you're contesting that objective. Oh, wait, let me run and charge over there. And boom, they're much faster now. They're in your face again. Right. So I, don't, I think I there's some good potential in this in this launch, yeah. I didn't I didn't necessarily from a KO perspective that you're worried about first turn charges, but the I think that this that's very nice to have maybe against a, a player who's who maybe overestimates their own abilities or underestimates yours. But the fact that you can cover so much ground, like you just said, with a two d six run two d six charge roll that's going to be more than you're a lot of times moving and running anyway. So yeah, just having that consistency in that run roll is, and then, or I mean, in the, in the, uh, um, in your movement overall, you have to consider the charge roll as part of your movement for sure. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you obviously you lose the shooting if you run, but who cares about those fire axes? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the I mean that's it. It's well. it's a good some faction. It's a movement buff. It makes sense. It itself. takes a biggest weakness and it improves it. So yep. That's, uh, so it doesn't make they, the strength better, but it like compensates a weakness. Which they can is. cover so much more ground rather than when they get there, they're fighting before you even get a chance to react. But the fact that they can just cover so much ground with so many durable, re resilient bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's look at an example Vostag list. Yeah, uh, so this is something I came up with recently when I looked at Vostag. Um, this is also a two drop. And this uses the oh. White Dwarf uh, battalions. Drop two have, drop. Uh, uh, it's a four drop. Should be a four drop. Okay, I thought you said two on. Did you, oh, did you mean two battalion? Two battalion, yes, sorry. Two oh, battalion, gotcha. four drop. Um, so uh, what we have again, uh, Lords of the Lodge, we talked about that 
self-explanatory by now. We have the Nocedian icon, fantastic. Um, and now we have the Vostark Warrior Kinband. And this is so much better than the standard Warrior Kinband book battalion. Uh, because what this does, it, it requires you to take a Rune Sun, which is a hero that you usually don't see, because they're not that good. They're good on magma drops, but not on foot. Um, and three units of Volkites. And I've chosen 20, 10, and 10. And then another five Oryx and a Rune Smiter just for the tunneling. So now we just have one block of 20 uh, Hearth Guards. But uh, what the Vostok Warrior Kinband does, uh, when the Volkites from this battalion are, I think, wholly within 12 of the Rune Sun, they get an additional attack, yeah. which is great. So no, plus one attack is good. Plus one attack, and the Rune Sun has a command ability that gives a aura of plus one to wound. Now we remember in Vostark we also have a command ability that gives plus one to hit. Ooh, juicy! Now the Hearthcut Berserkers hits on twos and wounds on twos. Makes him even better. You could add then reroll, reroll wound rolls from the Rune Smiter. <laughs> And the reroll ones from the rune. So yeah, you can make them like two reroll ones, two reroll everything, minus two rend, two damage. So yeah, you can like shoot out, I don't know, like 50, 60 damage if you like play your cards right. It so that one unit is more than enough. Uh you have more bodies than the other lists because you have like more Volkites. And Volkites with all these buffs, they're no slouches. They inherently have the, the as we said before, the Horn of Vermeer. So they have a plus one to charge. Now they have plus two to charge. So it might even be an idea to get take those 20 Volkites and tunnel them nine inch away, and they get a plus two to charge. So now they only require a seven. And they can reroll it from the hero nearby. So that maybe is a, is a valid tactic. Uh, and the other Volkites, 10 Volkites is still good, because now they have uh, three attacks. Usually you have two attacks each. Now they have three attacks each with the rune sun, rerolling hits, rerolling wounds. Um, and not plus one hit, plus one wound, sorry. So now hitting on twos, wounding on threes, one rend, one damage. It's, it's almost like uh, almost like Endrin Riggers, just not D3 damage, but one damage. So yeah, we have the Oryx to like, protect the heroes, low drops, and they're very fast, these guys. So if you're like 18 to 20 inches away, you can use these two to just run in and pin the opponent in their territory with all these bodies, and they do a lot of damage. Uh, I added as a third uh, artifact, the Obsidian Glow Helm. That's just a, uh, each hero phase on a four plus, you get another command point. Because this is a command point hungry army to get yeah, all those buffs. Yeah, and they get all, they get run and charge. But if you've got an extra command point, then you can automatically run six. Yeah, they which do. you would do anyway in the first turn, but then also in the yeah. other turns you can also run six. Yeah, yeah. that's why yeah. the Rune Smiter he doesn't have the run and charge prayer anymore, because mm -hmm. we have that anyway from the command trait. Uh, I gave him the Searing Heat, which is a, a minus one to hit debuff for the enemy. Yeah, it's a it's a fast list. I think they. Most damage probably comes out of the Volkites with all the extra attacks and buffs. So if, mm. But you need to keep them. You probably struggle to get more than two units in that bubble around the the, the rune sun. Mm. 
So you could tunnel, tunnel 20, uh, the other two tens go with the rune sun and the hearthguard do what they do. Like double activation is still there from Lords of the Lodge. Yeah, solid. It is a much, it will surprise your opponent how much, how fast you are in his face with this. So my take on this is I would, I mean, it's going to be hard to kill him, but I would almost want to kill the Battlesmith first because if I've got Warp Lightning Vortex, that's going to shut off your ability to run, so then you can't run and charge. Yep. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's just whether you can kill him. Um, you probably shoot the Auric Alphcard first. Um, yeah, Auric. Well, this goes back to age advice to shoot the characters. It's just yeah. choosing the right first <laughs> yeah so i don't think this is a in an army you will see often mm -hmm. in this composition i just made this to highlight the to highlight Vostark, how fast they are and that right. there's another well, source of buffing their output just through the plus one to hit plus one to wound re-rolling stuff that we've seen before so these hearth guards are much more dangerous because they're hitting on twos running on twos with various re-rolls if you if you don't know what it does so much for from a KO perspective because you're gonna expect them to be slow oh yeah they, they can they can like if you deploy like nine or ten inches away to shoot your 12 inch guns they'll like they'll be in your face like they pin you down so it's, it's important to know what this one does because if you you'll come up against it less but if you don't know what it does then it's going to catch you by surprise and then the problem is going to be then you'll be yeah. in combat with, with, with fire sliders when you don't want to be. I mean, 20 Volkites with the shields doing mortals and then possibly with an extra attack, that's um, 60 attacks with rent. Mm -hmm. That might take down an ironclad. Yeah. So, yeah, it can take you, it can like catch you off guard. So this is more more Volkites. Uh, so Matt, uh, not not Max, Matt. Sorry, have you got any thoughts on this list? Well, it certainly has Scorpion. a lot more bodies that are very fast and also inherently tanky, even if it's not forty Hearthguard. So from that, from thinking from a KO perspective, you're going to have a lot harder of a time picking the front or picking the battle um, of your choice. So that inherently takes away one of the biggest strengths of uh, Caradron Overlords. I, I think that the fact that you have fewer Hearthguard Berserkers, which, I mean, if you only have one unit of 20, that's something maybe of a, one less headache that you have to deal with, especially if you only have five work hearth guards it's just such a different beast and it just shows the level of diversity that a fire slayers player has when they're picking their list whether they want to go with really fast more you know a lot faster and more bodies or just tougher more resilient bodies that also offer heroes so if, if I, th I think the i think this contrasted with the couple of especially the first term dar list we saw um you know really highlights the the list building diversity which i think a, a lot of people just distill fire slayers into you know 20 30 40 
naked dwarves running across the table at you. I think a lot of the times um, the diversity in those <laughs> naked dwarves running at you is going to catch you off guard. And you really have to know the difference between those units, what they're good at, and how your list and how the battle plan intersect with um, the strengths of those particular dwarves, for sure. I know it's a little bit generic, and it's really nothing deal to do with specifically this Vostar list, but more just sort of honing the point that if you don't know the opponent's army and how that plays against the battle plan, you know, you're already playing on the back foot. Luckily, KO has many tools and many forgiving tactics, but if you um, aren't prepared, then you certainly uh, will have an uphill battle. Yeah. Especially so against great Especially against a great player who knows their own army so well. Yeah. So you you get so far with knowing your own list, and a lot further if you know your opponent's list. And then if you once you know both, it's a, it's about knowing the battle plan and playing the game. Um, and I think what this series is ultimately going to be about is not so much right. Well, here's the secret tip to how you defeat this one army because they've got a hidden weakness that no one knows about except for us. It's <laughs> so you, giving you the knowledge so that you already know about chaos and now you know about the list and then you, you're going to have to do the rest yourself a little bit based on the battle plan because we can't go through every battle plan and go, well, if you're playing against this list, do this and this battle plan and on this battle plan, you do another thing and so on and so on and so on. No. Um, and, and then if they move do this, um, it's yeah, it's a it's give, it's hopefully about giving the knowledge. Uh, and you know, with fire slayers, they have so many, they have you know, a limited number of war scroll and a limited number of units, so there's only so many combinations. And I think this series was a really great idea, Lee, because you know, it'll give the Caradron Overlords viewers. An insight, and when we go into armies, maybe like Gloomspite Gits or Cities of Sigmar, or some of the Chaos factions that can take demons, mortals, slaves to darkness. You, there's like a huge number of war scrolls they can choose. This mm -hmm. series will give Caradron Overlords a better perspective on some of the war scrolls and combinations and synergies that they're likely to see at a competitive event, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if we move on to the, the well, it's basically the the summary of playing against fire uh, slayers. I mean, these are what the things we put down initially, but we can add to them as well. Um, and in fact, I'll start with one that isn't on here, which is oh, well, it is on here actually, but it's it's it, almost in the wrong way round, which is. Um, <laughs> buff heroes and auric half guard. It's actually, in my opinion, better from what we've talked about. It's the opposite way around. It's if you can target the auric half guard, if they say if there's only one unit of five, target them, then target the heroes. If there's unfortunately, if there's like the list, the first one we looked at where there was three units of auric half guard, then you might have to look at targeting the heroes first, depending where the half guard are, the aurics yeah. are. I think um, I would always target the heroes because. It's not as if the Oryx just shrug off the damage. They're still taking the damage. They take the damage yeah. 
Existing, but the Oryx give them a minus one to hit. Yeah, so you're doing damage to the Oryx at minus one to hit, whereas if you do damage to the Oryx first and then switch... So if you can get them to below three models in the unit and then mm. switch to the heroes, you don't have to kill the unit. Just get them uh, to below three models yeah. so they're not given a look outside, then you switch to the... To that the is unit. a really like wrinkled brain point. <laughs> like there's something mm -hmm. that... Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, you don't know how much how many hits you will do beforehand when you start shooting or apply, like allocating your attacks. But, but it's yeah. target priority and uh, and shooting order. So don't shoot with your ironclad and your twenty unit of thunderers first. Shoot with some of your smaller stuff at the half, at the auric half card to whittle them down, and then once you once the mm. uh, minus one to hit is gone, then going with the big guns and with the hammer i mean you never yeah, know so, how so do, but. you'd be surprised how quickly hearthguard berserkers die without heroes mm. it's just I, then I, yes there's 20 of them yes there's two wounds so 40 wounds but it's a five plus six plus we've rent it's a six plus six plus so they will start falling apart mm. so yeah once if you can take out the heroes you have a very good chance of winning and if you thought Hearthguard Berserkers were bad, wait till we talk about Blight Kings. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so what's the other level here? Don't engage in close combat. Yeah, I mean, is... it's obvious we have seen they will hit you first, even if you charge them. They will hit you hard, and then they will hit you again. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Okay. At some point, you might reach a uh, point where you have to engage in combat because you need to get mm. onto an objective, and the only way to do it is to charge or... Because, like, oh. if, what, like, if you know you're going to end up in combat, at what point would you say you have to just go for it and go, well, it's, it's going to be bad, but I'd rather do it on my terms rather than their terms? Depends, or, it depends if, what. If you have to engage them in combat, don't don't take the Hearthguard block and then move straight onto them. Hit them on the corner. So that limits how many can get into combat. Mm -hmm. Or even better, attack them from both ends. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then they need to like, but still, mm -hmm. like five, five first god, they will do enough damage because um, that's like ten attacks already. Um, it depends what you're fighting. Don't be afraid to fight Auric, Auric Hearthguard in close combat yeah. with engine riggers with saws. Yeah, you should be able to kill them. Uh, I mean, anything else in the KO army already is bad in combat. <laughs> and now you're sending them into someone who is very good in combat. Mm, I'm not sure if that's any any good idea. Um, Volkites with a battlesmith nearby giving a plus one save. They're sitting on a free plus save and two wounds. They're also very resilient. So maybe the best the best option is then to battle ram or bomb, mm. just to take out take out models, take out like cause casualties through mortal wounds or in phases that are not the combat phase would be my it's yeah maybe you have to but it will like nine out of ten cases will go bad if you face them in combat or uh, or you wait if you're facing hermdar maybe make them make them use their command points so they don't have a command point when you actually want to charge them with something important so they can't fight before they, you in general, you don't want to engage them in close combat if you don't have to, right? Like, play to your strengths. 
And if you have to engage them with shooting, you're going to want to target the buff heroes in the world. Let's So let's move on. I was going to let's talk about these two together because I think they relate a lot. Mm-hmm. So we talked about kiting a little bit, and we talked about battle plans. And I think the where they come into the situation is if battle plans will be difficult if there is either a small number of objectives or even if there's a large number of objectives that are in a small area or just two areas. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, there's always going to be exceptions like knife to the heart because actually realistically they probably can't get to you. Oh, yeah, but knife in the heart is you cannot win. Against fire slayers, um, but <laughs> one is gonna march forward, like one is gonna be nine inches away and start munching through your defenses, and the other, the rest are just sitting on their objective. I mean, yeah, um, okay, the and then by round three, they have one. The background large, uh, large numbers of, of objectives, or the objectives are spread out, are going to be easier because that's when kiting works, yes. Um, because you can just spread out and you, you can switch from one place to another um, and they're just going to be keep running to where you were and turning it. Yeah, I wonder how good the new ones with six objectives, but they're quite close to each other work. So forcing the hand and... Uh, blade's Edge. Yeah, Blade's Edge. Because then they can often, like like one unit of 20 can sit on two or more objectives at the same time. Forcing the hand, they're a little bit further apart. The interesting thing about that is the turn order, because if they've got 20 half-guard berserkers sitting on an objective, and they probably make that one the one that you score extra points on. Yeah. Blade's Edge would be interesting, because you pull away the objective from underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> Taking away their... Like that's that's an annoying one for Feinstein, I guess, because yeah. then they all claim, everyone pack your stuff. We're moving to the next one. Move to the next one. Ah, oh, it's gone. Okay, let's go to the another one. Yeah, um, so. I think something when you have fewer objectives and you know that as the lesson learned here, battle plans with few objectives will be tough. Hmm. That's something that you have to go into knowing that you're going to have to take a few calculated risks. You know that you're going to need a couple, one or maybe two Hail Mary passes in order to close the gap and and, 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 and sort of, uh, um, you know, gain an upper hand, whereas that p- having fewer objectives plays to their strength. So knowing that, yeah. Um, so is there anything um, that we haven't got on here that is something we need to take away from? Fire slayers as a a lesson. Hmm, maybe. Uh, don't underestimate whether, whether it's Vostarg or Hermdar. Don't underestimate how much ground they can cover with yeah. all. Don't look at that four inch move characteristics and be like, okay, cool. They can't move very fast because when you see they move four and then they can run and then potentially charge. Maybe one unit, not not the whole army, but one unit, and that's so that's four inches, and then perhaps six inches, two d six inches, and then say they get double piling, that's another three inches, that's another three inches. So it's it it may appear to be 
that they're slow. But when you add up all the chances that they have for movement, you will be surprised on how and where they are, especially if you don't position your screens right. If you have a screen and then a valuable unit behind it and they blow up your screen or move into it, or if they just blow up your screen and then pile in again, but they have a two inch reach and they can reach your juicy unit behind it. Um, you will be very surprised and caught off guard. And then before you know it, you're in trouble. Yeah. And don't forget, don't forget the, the runes they can use each round. Like, okay. Oh, plus two, plus two uh, inch move or, yeah. Oh, another rend or, you know, re-rollings. One thing uh, I forgot to mention uh, about the terrain piece uh, is they can activate it to like get extra buffs on their prayers. Or they can opt to like shut it down, extinguish the the forge, which gives them a board wide um, reroll ones to save. So hmm. all the entire army has a mystic shield now, but then <sighs> they can't use it anymore. But that's the, that's something they can do. That's something they might do when they okay. I'm gonna move out of range anyway hmm. from the forge now because the fighting is happening in the middle. Uh, or it's like last rounds, like, okay, this is like the last fights. I need to win these. I need to stay alive. Boom. Everyone gets his Mystic Shield. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think when you see the list, ask your opponent, okay, what's your threat range? What's your maximum movement? So please tell me run, run and charge, extra moves, blah, blah, mm. blah, deep striking. Ask them which unit is in the Lords of the Lodge Battalion if they have more than more than one Hearthguard Berserker unit. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, ask them which hero is which, or which which models are the heroes and which hero is which, because they are very hard to tell apart. Yeah, something's a generic advice of ranges, and then something's as far as Slayer specific. So you'd be looking at. Are they Hermda? Are they Vostag? Or mm -hmm. potentially something else like Lofton that we can talk about? Um, do they have a Rune Smiter? Do they have one unit of half cup berserkers or two? How many units of Oryx have they got? Like, is it going to be viable for you to take out that unit of or, or whittle down that one unit of Oryx half guard to then kill the heroes? Um, uh, I mean, it's there... 10 wounds on a 5 plus. It's doable. You don't even need to kill 10 though, do you? So you just need to kill um, three. You know, I mean, if you want to kill it, it's 10 wounds on a 5 plus um, from the get go, probably a 4 plus because they're somewhere in an aura. Somehow. Um, do they have the Nelsidian icon? Because you probably got Vortex. Um, look for that. Um, I also think it. it I also think if you're playing against Fire Slayers on the regular, if it's in your club and you know you're going to be building a list against them, it definitely lends itself to looking toward other endless spells other than Warp Lightning Vortex. I think there's a, a couple of endless spells out there to offer better utility rather than just pure um, other than just pure damage or damage done by mortal wounds. But you're looking for more, you know, uh, spells that can block pathways, slow movement. Um, you know, anything, you know, other than just warp lightning. Um, yeah, although some uh, endless spells that just do damage could be quite useful because at least then on the heroes, you're not minus one to hit. And then if it does go on to the uh, um, or a card, yeah. I mean, 
A great it, one would also be um, the Geminids. Minus one to hit. Throw that over a unit of... One attack. Or it, yeah. yeah, or my, probably minus one attack is a better effect, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't ignore it on a four plus. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, there's, a, there's a few if you want to go down the road with the um, spell in a bottle. If you're playing against probably go for would you drop spell in a bottle and maybe go for something like phosphorite bomblets? Because Ooh, phosphorite bomblets would be a nice one to kill a hero. Because it's going to get around the runic firewalls invisibility trick. It's gonna just do a load of mortals to the hero and. Ah, uh, but it, how much is it? Eight inches. Uh, you need to be close to that. Oh, it's six zero. inches. Six inches. Oh. You like yeah. need to get in there. That's your hero gone probably <laughs> after that. Yeah. Um. Bomblets. I'm not sure. Maybe the flare pistol, but they also him. You need to get within fifteen inches. So, like I said, I was I was writing up a couple of you know. This is one of my last points here. I was I've been writing. I've been playing with a, a twenty-four engine rigger lists in Mornar with a flare pistol, mm -hmm. setting wave and then moving up. And no matter where you are on the board, I'm hitting you with four sky hooks and four volley guns that are re-rolling all hits, and then one of those units is re-rolling all wounds. So being able to take out or concentrate so much damage on one target. I don't care if you split off half of your damage onto the orcs. I'm going to take out the orcs and the hero. And then my second unit is going to completely, you know, hit either the hearth guards or maybe some, a couple other heroes. So I think that there's a lot of play between the sky ports. Um, if you know that you're playing against fire slayers, if you're just going to a general tournament, and you're looking for more of an all-comers list, it's certainly going to be battle plan dependent. Yeah, maybe a good shout is engine riggers also with drill cannons because they don't care about the minuses to hit. And if you have like four, five, or six in your list, among them, you'll probably, even with if they don't get the six for the, the most wounds, um, but you get, I mean, that's free rent, D3 damage, so it's still gonna go through most of those yeah, safe buffs anyway maybe that's a good chance you're, you're like safe away <laughs> to shoot them um one thing i forgot to mention uh maybe that's of interest is volkite berserkers they have a once per game ability that they can fight again after they die in yeah. combat so if you like think okay maybe volkites are the, the lesser evil i'm gonna engage them in combat Remember, they can like once per game say uh, activate Berserker Fury. Uh, if I if I die, I'll fight again. Yeah. Oh, fight. Pirate, uh, fight. So I think we've covered pretty much everything we can yeah, cover. I think. Uh, we didn't want to and we've gone on for over three and a half hours now. So I think we can end the show there. Um, hopefully, people found this useful and enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I certainly know that I know more about fire slayers now than I did a week ago. Yeah. So this is let, let us know what we got wrong. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, if you're a fire slayers expert and you watch this, please do feel free to post yeah. corrections. Uh, yes. corrections. Um, please leave a comment. And maybe a, a goal for the next episodes of this kind of show would be probably to keep it a bit shorter. Yes, definitely. Um, we, yeah, we're, we're trying keep future shows off this way 
shorter if we do them. Um, but do please let us know in the comments if you liked this format um, and if you want us to do more in the future. And also, uh, which, which armies? Yeah, which which factions or sub factions you want us to talk about? Um, and then hopefully we can do them. Um, yep. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, uh, both Max and Matt and Cron, uh, for joining as well. Um, even if Cron has been playing dirty snake ladies. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, if you like the show, please hit like and subscribe and hit the bell icon as well, because then you'll get notifications when the show's happening. But thank you very much for watching. Yep. Bye, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much.